Welcome to the Vancouver Boys Podcast, a division of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Someone sounds like they're coming on the train! <laughs> Yo, what's up? This is Paul Bissonette. Welcome to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jake Jude. I don't care. Offer me 10 firsts. If you're not giving me Leon Dreisaitl, you don't get Saros. Marcus Keller. Is Brock Besser <laughs> going to score four goals every game? Maybe, but probably not. <laughs> and Alex Smith. Third star of the week goes to Pistachios for how stupidly expensive they are. Steve Dangle here. I love the Vancouver Boys. It's the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Woo! <laughs> Welcome. Boys, it is 2024. Happy New Year from the Vancouver Boys podcast. It is episode 11 of season 4. And we are planning the parade for the Vancouver Canucks because they're winning the cup. With me, I've got Marcus Keller. How's it going, everybody? The lead planner. The, what? You're the lead planner for the parade. Oh, I thought you meant like out of the group, I'm the most qualified in planning. And no, I was like, no, that is I feel very like false. You, we have a, we have a guy on the podcast that is going to school for planning. I, I realize that. That's why I was like, wow, I don't know if that was an insult at Jake or if you just have way too much confidence in me, but uh, no, but we also do have Mr. Planner. Look at him. He's laughing. So <laughs> yeah. you can't even believe that you just said that. Uh, we have the Jake word selection. The word selection there was just crazy. The lead planner. Like, I'm not literally going to school to be a planner. Well, do you want to plan so the parade right now? Uh, I wouldn't. Exactly. I <laughs> uh, yeah, we got the three boys. And uh, Happy New Year's, boys. Happy New Year's, Alex. Not happy New Year, buddy. No, well, just you oh, said it to me, so what? I responded to you. Uh, happy New Year's also, Jake. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. I say it, and now he's all passive-aggressive yeah. about it. Well, I would be too. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, we're moving on from all the aggressiveness. Passive aggressive intro, geez. Yeah. yeah. Tough way to start 2024. Yeah. Great job, Jake. <laughs> well, you know, it's not a bad way to start 2024. What's it's going four and one. Yeah. The Canucks are four and one going into the new year. Um, but we've got a lot we got to talk about. There has been a lot of news this week, not just for the Canucks, but in the whole NHL. Uh, we've got MVPs. We've got crazy goals. We've got players leaving organizations. We've got players coming back to the NHL. And the Canucks are second All in the league. All-star selections. All-star selections, too. Yeah, and most importantly, the Winnipeg Jets are first place oh in the entire okay, we're, we're National Hockey We're saving that for the second half. Oh, okay, we got to save that for the second sorry. half. Um, Great. Can't wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just check where the... Oh, I got to scroll far to find Nashville. Oof. But you know... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to go to page two. <laughs> Laugh now. <laughs> oh, we will. Yeah. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> um, and you know what else we're going to do? We are going to jump right into this week's rendition of the AWSBB. So stupid. It's not. It's quite oh, yeah. cool. The acronym is wild, buddy. Like I think you're just you doing know this because you don't have an acronym. I did. Oof. Wow, this is a very passive-aggressive <laughs> episode. 
Alex is coming after me. You, you know what? I also I was not a fan of the acronym at first, but I've introduced it enough times that it feels right. right now. It's sick. It's the AWSBB. It's the AWSBB. There we go. Oh yeah. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. We could throw a 2 4 in there, too. What does it stand for again? Alex's, Alex's Weekly, weekly sports, sports Betting Battle. battle. Uh, and guess what? Okay. What? We what? went 3 for 3 again. No way! Yeah. Yep. We are bringing home the money. This is unprecedented success. Yeah, so uh, going into 2024, we're starting strong. Uh, so we're going to try to continue that luck with NFL playoffs this weekend. A lot of really good games. Ooh. And the one game I'm the most excited for is the Rams-Lions game. What? What, you're not excited really? for that? Dude, Matthew Stafford well, I am. back. No, I am. I am, but the game I'm most excited for is the Chiefs and Dolphins. That's going to be a good I mean, game too, but just the storyline yeah. for the Rams, the fact that their golden child yeah. is going to come back after they've, the first time they made the playoffs. The Lions, yeah. 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 It's a very good story. Um, yeah. I agree. I agree. And I think Matthew Stafford is going to ruin the Lions and the Rams are going to win. Uh, then in the good NHL, call. the Canucks are playing this weekend. They're playing the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, easy money. Easy money. Yes, for the Sabres. No, you're not actually. I am that. taking the Buffalo Sabres over the, the second place in the NHL, Vancouver Canucks. You got to lose some games. I disagree. Well, they they've lost games, so it's yeah, hard to disagree. But I think that's it. I think they're done. You think they're done? They're going. I don't know how many games left. But Forty-one and zero. Forty-one. Wow. Um, and then the Kings versus the Bucks in the NBA. We're taking the Sacramento Kings. Why are you taking? Like, I'm curious why you picked that game. Uh, I, I don't really have specific reasons on why I pick the games, at least for the NBA, NHL. I usually try to pick a Canucks game and then NFL, usually the game I'm most excited for, uh, but NBA, I just kind of say whatever. And I like the Kings. They're a fun team. <laughs> Fair enough. Alrighty, then. All right. Let's get into some Canucks talk. Great idea. So we've been gone for a while. We have. I mean, we had Yulin with the boys, but we didn't really go over any uh, hockey talk. No, not about current events anyway. No. no. So probably the biggest thing that we have not talked about, the World Juniors. 
Okay, we can start there. That's fine. Oh, where did you want to start? Well, I, you know what? No, no. Let's get the juniors out of the way because that happened a while ago. Yeah, we should, that's we what should I talk. Thought, yeah, that. let's do that. And then we're going to talk about this, this great, unbelievable thing that is the Vancouver Canucks oh. right now. Okay, well, this this has to do with the Vancouver Canucks because, as we all know, Sweden ended up winning the World Juniors after Canada got knocked out. In the so when you say winning the World Juniors, you mean winning the silver medal in the World Juniors. Oh, yeah, they won silver. Which no one says. They lost the gold. They did not win the silver. Yeah, no, that is uh, my fault. I was... I, I guess you're, you're going to be one of those coaches that's like, heads up, kids. The bronze kids yeah. are happy right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked at Lekermaki getting the MVP, and I was like, oh, yeah, he won. But they didn't win. USA won. Ooh, that was actually, my. I think, my biggest takeaway from the World Juniors is we have been pronouncing Johanathan's name even more wrong than we thought we were. How? Because it's not Lekermaki. It's Lekermaki. There's, there's like an I in there that we weren't pronouncing before. It's Lekermaki. Well, I'm not going to pronounce it that way. Well, you have to because that's his name. Nope. <laughs> Just what? not doing it. Uh, so Lekarimaki won MVP. No, it's Lekarimaki. Okay, so you can say it. Read it. Do you, are you looking at his name right now? No, I'm looking how I spelt it. How did you spell it? L-E-K-K. Nope, already wrong. What is it? I think it's L. Oh, wait, no. I'm, oh, no. It is L-E-K-K. Yeah, okay. L-E-K-K-E-R-M-A-K-I. Yeah, it's Lekarimaki. M A K I. Lekker M Mackey. So Lekker Mackey won the oh MVP uh, after scoring seven goals in the tournament. He yes. put on a show. That whole Sweden team really did. Yeah. Like they were very dominant. I mean, the USA team was also very dominant. They ended up winning. Yes. Uh, Canada was not dominant at all. No. Worst team Canada we've seen in quite a while at the juniors. It's tough when you're missing. Since they were in Vancouver. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, I mean, That's they right. were missing such top talent that would have been on that team. Like, when you're missing guys like Fantilli, you're missing a guy like Bedard. Like, yeah. those make differences. Um, but, yeah, tough showing up for Canada. Great showing for the U.S. and Sweden. And great showing for the Canucks. I mean, yeah. if Lecker Mackey wasn't on the map, he is on the map now. Yes, he should be. And I, I will take it back. I called him a bust. You I did. called him a bust, and I called... Uh, Wheelander. Yeah, Wheelander a bust. I'm retracting my statements. Here, Here's the one thing I'm, I, I won't say I'm nervous about, but I did notice. So the Canucks did pass on Axel Sandin Polika in the draft for Wheelander. Mm. Whose partner was um, Defensor Elias Pedersen. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Axel Sandin Polinka was taken by a Canucks draft pick. Uh, yes, yeah. it is the one that the one we, we traded, traded away for um, Heronic, I believe. It, it was yeah. the it was the first it was the pick that we got in the Bo oh, Horvat yeah, yeah, trade yeah, yeah, yeah. that we then flipped for yeah, Heronic. That's what it was. Yep. Yeah. So not only did we have the opportunity to draft him, yeah. he was drafted with a pick that at one point belonged to us. Yeah, he was the top, uh, or he might not have been the top rated, but like one of the top rated defensemen in that class. And yes. everybody was quite surprised when we passed on him, and he looked quite good. He did. Yeah. Um, Tough look, but yeah. But Wheelander again, Wheelander good. did not look bad. Yeah, no, right? he looked it, it's not like Wheelander was like the seventh defenseman. No, no, and like, no. They they were both very good, and Elias Defenserson with a very good tournament as well. He looked strong. Yeah. He looked strong. Not as offensively explosive, but he looked strong. So yeah, I mean, 
Canucks prospects showing up. Love to see it. Yeah. Were there any Preds prospects? I'm curious. Um, yeah, Matthew Wood. And there was another guy in Finland, but he didn't really do much. But no. Matthew Wood scored, I think, the only goal or... No, it wasn't the only goal, but it was the last goal that Canada scored in the tournament. Um, oh. I'm curious if you guys are up to date on Johannathan Leckermacki's uh, SHL point totals. Because remember at the beginning of the season, we were like, oh, let's do a check-in every once in a while. So I went and looked it up. Let's do another check-in. Um, he has 24 games played in the, in the SHL this season. Okay. Where do you think his point totals are? 24 games played. Uh, yep. I'll go 10 goals, 12 assists. Okay, so that's uh, 22 points. Yeah. I, I was going to go a little lower. I was going to if he's got 24 games played, I'd go like 20 points total. I'd go 9 and 11. 9 goals, 11 assists. So he's got 16 points. Okay. Oh. He's, he's 10 goals, 6 assists. Oh, that was um, pretty close. Over yeah. 24 games. Which, like, watching him in the World Juniors kind of makes sense. The guy's got a really good shot. Yeah, I didn't realize how much of a sniper he was. Yeah, he is, mm-hmm. like, from everything that I've seen in the tournament and just how I've heard uh, him be talked about a lot by analysts, it seems like next year, if all goes according to plan, he will probably start with the Abbotsford Canucks and then be one of those guys that's, like, with injuries and maybe throughout the season if people get demoted, he's a guy that could get a look at the NHL. But again, I think he's Honestly, one of those guys you want in your top six. You don't want to be playing him on the yeah, third or another fourth pods. Line. Yeah. The, the weird thing with the weird thing with him is I think the only thing holding him back is his age. Like the Canucks are in their window, right? Like we've kind of talked about how okay, their window's open now. Yeah. Like, does he reach maturity in the NHL before the window's closed? It's hard to say. I mean, like he could almost like he he is with the trajectory of this team right now and the age that he's at and his skill level, he could almost be one of the guys that's like, he might be part of the next window. If that makes sense. Well, it like a, like a get slapped Perry in 06 kind of deal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like nobody really remembers that get and Perry are Stanley cup champions yeah. because they were fourth liners and they won it in 06. Yeah, exactly. Like he could be like a depth piece in this window, but then also like a very big part of the future as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, he's playing in the top men's league over in Sweden, so it's not yes. like he's playing like college or anything like that. Like he's playing with men. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. So it'll be an easier transition uh, than in a guy theory. like. Pardon. In theory, it'll be easier. To oh, hopefully, yeah. Like compared to like mm-hmm. going from like college or going from like the dub or something like that. Like where like what Shane Wright's doing right now. Yeah. the The one thing that often European players have a little bit of difficulty with is the smaller ice and the physicality. Yeah. Because again, they're used to having more space, it being more of a finesse game. Then they come to North America, and some of them have trouble with you know just the the uh, physicality of the game. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's an interesting thought on if he's going to be available in this window. I think it really, well, I think the window depends on the Pedersen contract and the Demko contract. I would agree with that. Because, yeah, that's going to be, it's kind of the window. I don't know. I I don't know. This team's tough, but they win. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, what the hell was that? He just headbutted the mic. (laughs) 
Christ, buddy. <laughs> I was trying to, I, I tried like, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but I tried like three times to answer what Ty, or what um Alex said. And I was like, I, 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 and I, I, I finally <laughs> sneezed. But anyway, I, I agree that the window, it, it will relate to those contracts very much. I'm interested to see what the Canucks do with those contracts. But before we get to that, and we will, I just want to talk about this team right now, man. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go through, since we haven't talked in a while, we'll go through the games that we've missed. Let's, yes, okay, let's do and that. And we had uh, front, uh, what, do, what do you call it? Boots on the ground, whatever, uh, for the first game of 2024. Yes, me and Boots Jake. on the ground. Yes. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what would you call it? it. Like no, when, that's perfect. when you say we had when you say we had boots on the ground, it makes it sound like we were in the tunnel or we were at the presser. Like yeah, no, we no, were in the <laughs> Boots yeah, you on were there. the ground. I love that. That's hilarious. Yeah, boots in the three hundreds. Uh, but yes, you guys boots got to on witness. The ceiling. <laughs> it's not that funny. Yeah, boots in the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, okay. Right. So you guys you guys got to witness history. We what? did? You guys got to see Ian Cole's first goal as a Vancouver Canuck. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we did. Absolute snipe show. Did you hear about what happened with that goal too? <laughs> like right like what he'd said right before um at the end of December? No. They did like one of those you know they do those things in the tunnel where they write on a whiteboard like what's your oh, favorite? Yeah, whatever, yeah. and people answer. They did one for the Canucks, and it was like, what's your New Year's resolution? Uh-huh. And he walked up to the camera and was like, I want to get a goal. I've got, like, I, I don't like that zero beside my name. I want to get a goal. The next game, he gets a goal, and yeah, me and Jake were there. So that was awesome to see. So how was the game? I mean, Jake, as a as a big Ottawa supporter, yes, mm-hmm. uh, they got slapped around. So how did it feel to watch that team get slapped? Instead of watching the problem, yeah, slapped. like was was there a difference? <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit because like, like I I haven't been shy about the fact that I like the Sens, but like I'm not connected to them in the same way I'm with the Preds. So it was kind of fun. Like when the Canucks scored, like I wasn't pissed off. It was just more like ah, you know, good for them. Yeah. Um, the thing that I found interesting about that game though is that like Forsberg played the first period. And then Corpus Allo obviously came in in relief um, and played the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And it would have been interesting if Corpus Allo had played the whole game. Because Mark and I were kind of talking, like, it would have been a very different game. Because, like, coming out of the rink, we were like, oh, the Canucks dominated. But, like, yeah, if Corpus Allo had played the whole game, it would have been interesting to see if uh, if maybe it would have been a bit of a tighter game or, like, how much tighter. Because I think it ended 6 3. Yeah, yeah, six three final. And yeah. it is worth mentioning that the Canucks scored five goals in the first period. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of a, the marquee part of the game, right? Yeah, that was that was pretty wild. I have never in my life been to a game where the Canucks have done that, so that was quite cool. And not only did they score five, they let in zero in the first period. So that was a that was a pretty exciting twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the next game was our only loss so far of twenty twenty four, which was against the St. Louis Blues, which is so weird. It's a very ugly two to one. Yeah, loss. especially when you compare it to. Beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which we're well, which we're about to get. This is to. very Canucks like. This like they lose to crappy teams, and then all of a sudden they'll beat these amazing teams. I believe, and now correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was you who brought it up and said that 
the Canucks, the, their one Achilles heel, the thing that they can't beat is teams that play them physically. Yes. Teams that just body them, that are close-checking, hard-hitting. Those are the teams that we have trouble. Even when they're crappy teams, we just seem to not have any pushback to that. Yep. St. Louis is maybe the best example in the NHL of a team that does that. They are not the most skilled. They are not fast. They don't have star power, but they fight and they grind. And they play you hard. They do. And it was one of those games where, yeah, the Canucks just did not have an answer for it. Yeah, so, I mean, it's 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 an ugly loss. It's one that you kind of just wipe off and you go, look, like, we know that this is a problem. How do you, how do you think that they can fix playing teams like these? Because push comes to shove, this is what playoff hockey turns into. Yes. So it's obviously a weakness for the Canucks. How do you see the, the that getting fixed? They need to add someone because I don't think they have the capability with this roster to be able to really combat that. So they need some toughness. They need someone to show other teams that if you push us around, there will be punishments for that. And other than Zadorov, who is good at that, yeah. he's just one guy and he's a defenseman. He can't be the guy who straightens out every other team. You know, it's not going to work. If Connor Garland was like six foot three. If Connor Garland. If he was, was only a few inches, inches taller. taller. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> if Connor Garland was two inches taller, he would be the best player in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reed. Yeah, <laughs> right. he'd be Tom Wilson. No, I don't even no, know what he'd be. You know what I think that the Canucks need to do when they're playing those tougher teams? What? Because, like, I think that the reason why they're losing, like, why they lost to Philly and why they lost to St. Louis isn't necessarily to do with the physicality. And I think it's more those teams park the bus and the Canucks have such a, like, a structured offense that they can't break through that, like, really lock down, like, protect that castle kind of defense. So what I think is that they need to get better off the rush and like generate more chances off broken plays instead of like in those games, right? Like when you're starting to see the defense really start to like play more responsible, right? They're playing like a two, three neutral zone trap. You know, no one's really forechecking. They have to just get better off the rush. They have to generate broken plays. They have to change things up because like we've seen in those games, nothing like they're not like they're scoring one goal. This is the team. This this team, has the most goals out of all the teams in the NHL today. And yet, when they're playing Philadelphia and St. Louis, they can only get one goal. Like, it's, it's pretty clear to me that, like I said, they have to try and change up the game plan when the opponent just parks the bus and starts playing that really defensive-style game. That's what I think they need to do. Yeah. I don't think they really necessarily need to add anyone. They just need to adapt um, when, when teams do that. Because that's how teams play in the playoffs, right? Like, like... That's, that is playoff hockey, is like being defensively responsible, scoring when you get opportunities, and getting nasty, grindy goals, right? Well, yeah, they, they dumb it down a lot. Like, the Canucks got outscored in every single period. Like, they just need to start throwing it at the net and just hoping that something can come about it. Yeah. Instead yeah, generating rebounds, these, right? Yeah, instead and, of making yeah. these fancy plays at blue lines. And funny enough, I don't think it's a coincidence that in that St. Louis game, that one goal that we did get came from the thirst line. Because that line is 
they are the opposite of structured. Yeah. They are chaotic mayhem all over the place. And it's, they're hard to defend because you genuinely don't know what they're going to do next because neither do they. Like, yeah. I, I was saying this to someone at work just today. Connor Garland, I think, is the maybe the most uncomparable player in the NHL to any other player in the NHL. Like, every player you can say, oh, he reminds me of this guy. He's kind of like this guy. He's kind of like that guy. I don't think there is anyone in the NHL like Connor Garland. If you watch him play, it is so unique it is so weird. It is. I've used the comparison before. He looks like like a controlled player in Chell, just trying random shit all over the place. And he's so chaotic and sporadic. He's like Tyler Myers, but in a good way. All the chaos it, it ends up in a positive sense. Yeah. You know, all the chaos and none of the giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the. <laughs> he's like the. <laughs> That was a good one. He's like, I don't know. What's a small animal? He's not the chaos giraffe. He's like the chaos. I don't know. What? Possum. He's the chaos possum. (laughs) Buddy, I I have great news for you. I think you've just named this episode. But (laughs) (laughs) that is is such a fantastic uh, point. Yes. It's all chaos, but it's all in a positive way. And he's so much smaller. It's just hilarious. I think the, the cool thing about Garland is that for a long time, I always would get upset because I, I think to myself, he really doesn't play any one style. Well, like he, when he's a grind, when he's a grinder, right. When he goes into the corner, and gets a puck, he doesn't do anything with it. Right. When he brings the puck over the line, he looks for, he looks for options, but he can't make a pass. And when he's responsible for taking a shot, he does, he's not a sniper. He's not finishing. Right. But what I realized this season is that he's none of the above, and he is all of the above. He's just found ways to be more impactful without trying to be the best scorer, the best playmaker, or the best grinder. He's, he's being a grinder when he needs to be. Um, he's being a playmaker when he needs to be, and he's being you know, a tap-in artist when he needs to be. Because, like I said, he's finding those opportunities and he's starting to like find his game a bit more as like this hybrid fill in the gaps kind of player. Yeah, perfect way to explain it. Like he's he's a guy that last year was playing, you know, more minutes, was playing higher in the uh, in the lineup, and yeah. this year, you know, he's taking a little bit of a backseat, but he's adapted to it. Like he's not trying to make these fancy dancy moves. Like he is like just meat and potatoes, just going at the puck. I like the term fancy dancy. Yeah. That's a fun one. I like the term meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes is also a good one. I, in fact, I would love some meat and potatoes right now. <laughs> but you, you, you hit the nail on the head, Alex. Like You're exactly right. He's not being expected to do more than what he needs to do. Yeah. And also, playing further down the lineup, he's not facing the same competition. He's not having to be more defensively responsible, and he's being given space to explore with the puck. Like I think back to, there was like a few games back in like November, December, where it was just constant odd man rushes and he's just playing with the puck. He's getting into the offensive zone and he's cutting into the middle and, and throwing the puck over at Dakota Joshua and like just, and like you know, charging the, 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 the doorstep. Like he's, he's doing all these fun things that I think he's always wanted to do but couldn't because he was facing too high of competition. So it's like he's kind of become the perfect depth piece. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, cool. he, he doesn't get paid like a depth piece, but he is a great depth piece. Yes, if we yeah. are able to, I think we have him under contract for next season, and I think that's it. I would bring him back 100%. It's I would, funny, uh, like, yeah, when, when, when Marcus brought up that uh, Garland doesn't remind him of anyone in the NHL, I took that as a challenge. So I've been sitting here, like, trying to think of a player, and... I think that you like it's a really good point. Like there really aren't many players like him, but I think I may have thought of one, and okay. that's JT Comfort. Where like yeah, on the abs back in when they won the cup, yeah, JT Comfort was that guy that like he could play further down the lineup, or you could slot him back up the lineup with injuries. Like he could kind of play anywhere, and he was really that like utility piece. Yeah. So he, like although yeah, anyway, you go ahead. Yeah. Well, like he would he would bring the people on his line up. Mm-hmm. Like the guys yeah. that he's playing yeah. with, they play at a higher level because Garland's on their line or JT Comfort. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a special skill that not a lot of players can do. Yeah. So yeah, that line's been killing it. Uh, yeah. Anything else on the St. Louis game? Uh, no, I think we can go on to. I'm I'm almost clumping the last three games together. Yeah. So yeah. well, the one thing that I really want to talk about because uh, we went on the New York trip, we hit New Jersey, uh, the Rangers, and then the Islanders. Yes, the Canucks have. Taken over the tri-state area. Yeah, with a uh, outstanding six to four, six to three, five to two wins. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute, Marcus. Did you say the tri-state area? I did. What are the tri-states? The tri-states. Uh, the Doofenshmirtz mm-hmm. building. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's like I. Th- I think the Doofenshmirtz building is like a spoof of like the Empire State Building or something. Is I don't it? know. I, I, it could be. What? Uh, yeah. Like that the, doesn't seem yeah right. no if the Empire State Building was like purple and had a secret lab at the top and like <laughs> yeah, a it's helicopter just a big pad, building it just yeah <laughs> you could see <laughs> we're moving on uh, <laughs> they decided to bring the Lotto line back oh boy I can, this it's gonna be I know we're recording this late it's like nine forty five yeah, at night but it, we got to talk about it it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard for me to stop talking about it I'm once gonna I set start. a timer how long do I have you have two minutes two minutes starting when now this line will ruin your life they will run your show they will make you miserable they're going to make you stop want to watching hockey because you're going to be watching your team and going why won't we ever be able to attain what these three players can do together it is absurd and disgusting jt miller is a huge threat you can't leave him alone at all same with Pedersen, which means if you're loading up on them then you have brock besser third in the league in goals, raw sniper, wide open somewhere else. There is nothing you can do to stop these three people. I'm I'm talking, you could call in the FBI, the Coast Guard, the, all the branches of the military. <laughs> Guess what their problem is? They can't skate. They won't be able to stop them either, okay? This line shall never be broken up ever again so help me god rick talkett joked in his post-game press conference that if he ever broke them up he would probably get killed in vancouver i don't think he was joking i think he genuinely (laughs) knows that his job his well-being his livelihood depends on him keeping this line together because they are nasty did i keep that under two minutes that was only a minute 15 i realized two minutes is a long time to just talk that felt good. No, not for Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the lotto line has woken up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they didn't wake up in the first period. 
none of the Canucks were awake in the first period for the New Jersey game. But that second period, Pedersen, JT Miller, JT Miller. What? Oh, okay, goals, you're sorry. reading yeah. off. Okay, I yes, thought you were reading off the line. I was like, no, nope. no. Uh, yeah, they ended the game. Pedersen had two goals. JT Miller had two goals. Um, yeah, that line is something special. It's gross. We hadn't seen it in a while, and it is back in full form. Yeah, well, they, they tried them at the beginning of last season. And they just didn't quite click the way they had yeah. before. So they were they were split up, and then talk it came in, and they never really got put back together. Yeah. Man, I I almost wonder if one of them or maybe the three of them approached talk it and said, "We want another chance." Maybe because it seems kind of random that he put them together when he did. I have to wonder if they advocated for themselves and said, "We we really think we can do this together." Well, you would think coming off of a one goal game against the St. Louis Blues that they're like, look, we need to get the scoring up. Let's just throw our three best players on the same line. And then our two best defensemen on the same line and see what happens. I'm curious if, because what was the first game that the lot of lines was back together? Was it the game against New Jersey? Yeah, it was the New Jersey. I'm like 90% sure it was. It was. So, okay, so I find it kind of funny then that the first game that the Lotto line played back together was against the coach that put them together at the beginning. Yeah. Travis Green's an assistant coach for the Devils. <laughs> yeah, it, so, like, it, it was first... kind of funny watching Green behind the bench just yeah. looking miserable as always. That was <laughs> that was a little funny. Because, well, when, when New Jersey beat the Canucks earlier in the season, uh, there was a meme going around that it was the picture of uh, Travis Green smiling, and the caption was, when Tyler Myers finally helps you win a game. But the joke was obviously because <laughs> now he's with another team. Um, and so it was funny to see the contrast from that to this game where it's like when the line that you built and created kicks the shit out of you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, one thing I want to talk about just before we move is the last goal of that game. It was the empty netter that JT Miller had to get the hat trick and he gave it up. Yes. Gave it to Dakota Joshua. That is classy. Yeah. A guy that last year was yelling at his teammates, then going to this, that just proves that we were all correct in when JT Miller on a good team, good player. Yes. JT Miller on a bad team, bad player. Yes. In, in like yeah. a funny sense, I was just thinking of that. Like if this team was like out of a playoff position right now, I don't think he passes to Joshua. I no. think he rips it bar down a oh, yeah. hundred miles an and hour on an empty net. stick as he's yeah. going past it. Yeah. It's like the goalie should have had that. He fires it into the bench as hard as he can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it takes out Sergey Gonchar's teeth. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> he would break his stick over right Joshua's head instead of giving him the puck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I'm very glad we have JT Miller on a good team now. It's it's nice to see that version of JT Miller. I'm, I'm curious. I have a question for you guys. Because like, I remember we did this a long time ago, but I want to do this again. And it was, we looked at the depth chart for the Canucks and we identified the biggest hole in their roster. So I want to run it by you guys again. Okay. Okay. First line is the lotto line. Yes. Second line is Mikheyev, Pew Suter, and Andre Kuzmenko. Yep. Third line is Dakota Joshua, Teddy Bluger, and Connor Garland. Yep. And then the fourth line is Nils Hoglander, Nils Allman, and Sam Lafferty. And then on defense, obviously, of Hughes, Ronick, Susie, and Myers with Zadorov and Cole. 
I, I think so, like right right off the bat, you can very clearly tell the biggest hole is that Sam Lafferty's first name isn't Nils. I think that's a huge problem for this team. I think oh, if you, you had Nils Hoaglander <laughs> with Nils Amon and another Nils, I think this team would be perennial Stanley Cup favorites. That's funny. Okay. Um, the biggest hole with those lines, in my opinion, is our second line center. I, I would fully agree with that. Yeah, Pew Suter, as yep. good as he is, he is not a second-line center. No, he's he's a third-line center he's and a, a good one. He's a great third-line center. But he's not built to carry a second line. And he can't... I You can't expect him to be able to withhold or withstand uh, second lines on the other team. Like, being able to defend. Yeah, like, when when players are, or other lines are tasked to shut them down, yeah, like, they can. Yeah, yeah. so... That would be the biggest hole in my opinion. Yeah. Jake, that, what about you? Okay. With that being said, then, if the Canucks were to go out on the trade market, who should they be looking at? I'll say I've said it before. I will say it again. Nazem Kadri. No. Yes. No. No. That contract? Hell no. You don't think that the Calgary Flames would take uh, a percentage of that contract? Maybe, but not enough, man. It it is not a small contract, and also he's getting older, and I hate him, so I don't but think that that's a good fit. He is going to be, he's he's a playoff player. Tell me I'm wrong. He is built for he, the playoffs. He's a playoff <laughs> suspension machine. But, okay, but he's still he plays playoff hockey, yeah. which is what the Canucks need. Man, I would love like who who do you think we're gonna get matched up against in the first round? If you just had to guess, like take uh, a, without looking at the standings, probably I think Arizona. Arizona are they? Not, I think they're first in the wild card. I'm gonna say Edmonton. Okay, let's let's call it Edmonton. If it was against Edmonton, I oh, maybe gosh, wouldn't mind Nazem Kadri because in like game one, first shift, he could just baseball bat McDavid in the teeth and take him out for the series. Uh, then we lose both of them, and I guess that's probably worth it. Okay, um, well, right now we would be playing Nashville. Oh, okay, even better. So he Nashville baseball bats. will not end up there. <laughs> Nashville will not make the playoffs. Yeah, it'll probably my word. They are not making the playoffs. Edmonton or Seattle or Arizona. I mean, I kind of I'll be honest, I and like this isn't anything against Jake. I don't want the Nashville Predators to make the playoffs, and it's mostly because I don't know. We like we have our our season tickets to the games, and to me, we get the most out of it when there's like quite a few home games. And, I mean, if it was against Nashville, we'd only get two games in the series total, and then it would be over. So, <laughs> I I just, I feel like I wouldn't get my money's worth that way. But, I mean, I guess it could be kind of fun to see them twice in a row. I feel like the people that sit mm-hmm. behind the goalie would really want to play Nashville. Wait. Uh, oh, right, because they can see over exactly. UC Soros' yeah. shoulders. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that would actually be sick. Yeah, that would be a nice That might up. increase the value of those seats. Probably. Yeah. Well, you finally get to see the ice. Yeah. They're like, wow, look at the other end. We yeah. <laughs> can see what's going on down there. I can only think of jokes that would make the situation worse, so I'm not going <laughs> to Um, Yeah, but anyway, so yes, I would agree. Second line center is a big hole. Other than that, the defense right now isn't <laughs> even bad. But wait, look, before we move on from um, from the whole second line center talk, because oh, yeah. I have, I have a, a, a target that I think the Canucks could go after to, to solve that. 
Um, and I think it's funny because it's a player from the same team that Alex mentioned. It's Elias Lindholm. Yeah, he's been mentioned in trade rumors yeah. and stuff like that. I, I have heard that. I've also heard Claude Giroux um, yeah. as potential. I don't think he'd fit very well. I don't think that's what we need. No. Um, I like Elias Lindholm, though. Yeah, right? I, I don't mind him for sure. Like, I don't think he's the ideal candidate in what the Canucks need, but I wouldn't say he'd be a negative to the well, team. Here's the thing. He would be a rental. Because he's only signed through the end of this year. That's correct. So he would be a rental, but his cap hit is 4.85. So, like, you could make it work cap-wise. Um, it would just be a matter of, like, what does that trade look like? Is that the Kuzmenko trade for a rental player? I mean... I think that's too much. Y- yeah. Wait, you mean you think it's too much to give up? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the... Th- Kuzmenko is such an odd case because he gets healthy scratched, but then he'll also come out and score two goals in a game. You so know, is like, that the Pud well, Colson trade? No, I, oh man, I'm not, I'm not ready to give up on pods yet. Cause he's, he is doing, I know, I know it's been a long time, but he's doing very well in the AHL right now. Yeah, but it's not the NHL. I know it isn't, but what I'm saying is that's a guy that you want to be able to bring up. Like in, in the playoffs, you get injuries. Forwards will get injured. When you bring someone up, you want them to be competent at the NHL level. I don't know how many guys we have in Abbotsford that can do that right now. Pod Colson is proven that he can play in the NHL. The Canucks just want him to be dominant, which he hasn't been. I'm not going to lie. There's a couple players that I'd probably bring up over Pod Colson right now. Really? Like who? Uh, A guy like Archdeep Baines. I think I'd rather have up really? a guy like Aiden McDonough. I mean, I guess it depends who were to get injured and where they're playing. Yeah, well, McDonough is... Oh, yeah, he is a forward. He, he's yeah, a, these are all forwards. But McDonough is for sure, like, a fourth line forward. Yeah, like, if it's somebody in the top two, then, like, yeah, I get the sense of, like, why yeah. you bring... Co- then you're bringing pods in to play in the middle or six. Or Atu Ratu or something like that. Yeah, even Atu Ratu has not been as good as... Like, him I would rather trade than Pod Colson. Yeah. I don't know, just... Last time I saw Pod Colson in the NHL, he was just not an NHL player. And he hasn't played in the NHL since. So if you're going to bring him up in the middle of a playoff series, like that seems tough to drop a guy into. Yeah. Like, could Lecker Mackey come in? No, no. He, I know he, he came he, from he, college. He's, no, he signed in Sweden the whole season oh, okay. anyway. He, he wouldn't be... Uh... He wouldn't be able to unless yeah, they get eliminated or, uh, oh yeah, that's probably right. He wouldn't be eligible. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah, Lindholm, it's not a bad option. I, I looks like he's got just under 30 points in 41 games played this season. So, I mean, not, definitely not bad for a second line center. I, I wouldn't mind having a guy like that. Um, and the thing is, I feel like if anywhere, one place we are quite deep right now is on the wings. So yeah, trading a guy like Kuzmenko to bring in a center would make sense. It just has to be the right kind of a trade, right? Because that's also a lot of money to take on, $5 million, right? I'm not saying it's not worth it for a second line center. I'm just saying that's a lot. And especially I just on think an expiring like, contract. I just think like, if you can bring in Elias Lindholm, like we're talking about Stanley Cup contender here. Like we're really? we're you talking think about that's like the player. Yeah, I do. Elias Lindholm has twenty six points in forty games, eight goals, eighteen assists. Guy's a playmaker and a sniper. 
he's probably the best player on the Flames. I like I I think like I, put it this way, it takes a lot for me to think that the Canucks are a good team. And if I'm sitting here going, if they bring in Elias Lindholm, they're well rounded enough that they could push for the cup. Like I think, like especially when you consider the contract situation that the Canucks are kind of going into this summer, I think they kind of have to roll the dice on this. If they can bring in Elias Lindholm for like two firsts, pull the trigger, do it. Oh, oh no, 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 no! That's no. wrong. That's wrong. I'd rather yeah? have like okay, okay, no, no. no. Let, let me defend myself because I figured you guys would probably kind of start to gasp when I say two firsts. Yeah, but think of it this way, okay? Where is their first landing this year? More than likely. Yeah, it's going to be in the back half for sure. Or like, yeah, or like top mid twenties. Yeah, right? if not high twenties. Yeah. Now, now keep this in mind. That player that they draft this June is going to be an eighteen-year-old at best. It, that they're drafting in the second half of the first round. Right. Now that player will not make the NHL for at least four or five years. So now we're talking 2028, 2029. Yeah. I just think that, like, even if the Canucks are to draft two absolute studs in the next two drafts, you're still not going to see them for another five years. And by then, this team is going to be probably outside their window. Oh, for, JT for Miller sure. is going to be in his mid-30s, right? Pedersen's going to be making 20% of the cap. Like, I just think that rolling the dice this year kind of makes sense if they're able to keep the train rolling. And it takes a lot for me to say that, but watching the way they played against those tri-state area teams, I don't know, man. Like, maybe there is something here. Maybe it's worth rolling the dice. And, like, I think I think two firsts can get it done for, for Elias Lindholm. I think he can. The only like I don't I don't even mind getting rid of the two first round picks because yeah they're not going to help the team's window. I disagree but, with both. I just want it to be on. I'm going to let you finish. I just want it on the record that I disagree with both of you. That's all. I'm not saying everything you said was wrong, but the mentality I think is wrong of getting rid of two first. Anyway. I think just two first is a lot to pay for a guy like that. Yeah, especially someone who, like you said, is not under contract after the season. Like he could walk for free, right? Um. A- anyway, he will. Yeah, well, not he could, he will. Yeah, okay. Elias Lindholm is making like eight, nine million. Yeah, that's, that's part true. of the reason why I think go get the guy. He's a not, he's an eight, nine million dollar player that you can pay half that and put on your second line. Like to me, to me, if Calgary would take two first for him, it's a no brainer. But here's what yeah. I would rather do, other than trading two first for Lindholm, which honestly I think that's still quite steep, is. Because here's the thing in five years, like you're talking about, yeah, this team will be outside of its window and whatever, but this team will still exist, right? Like we're still going to need to ice a team. That team will need to have Mm -hmm. prospects and a future, right? A big part of the reason that we sucked so bad for as long as we did between 2011 and now is because when the Sedins were here, we continuously every single year, mortgaged our future and traded away top prospects and picks to try to keep that team good still to bring in players like Elias Lindholm, right? That caused us to not have any prospects for a long time. So it took a really long time until we could build this team up again, right? That was a big part of the problem was they didn't plan for a future beyond the Sedins. 
I want that's to how you sure. win cups, though, Marcus. It why? you don't win. It, that, you don't win cups yeah. by always being the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, you, you can't, win cups you can't by have being good ways. and being terrible. I'm not saying like, that's how it works. I'm not saying we can never trade prospects or picks. I'm saying giving up two first round picks for a player who we know will not be here beyond this season. And not only that is a second liner. I don't think that's good asset management personally, but I'll, I'll, I'll agree to disagree on that one. That's fine. So I, I found, okay. I found something uh, okay. that I think is going to be interesting. Okay. It's the last time also, two first round picks were traded at the trade deadline. Oh, wow. That's a very interesting. You're good at pulling these up. Actually, this is a surprising <laughs> skill. I would not have yeah. expected you to have, but I got to hand it to you. You've done this a few times now and I, I'm quite impressed. So it was the 2018 trade deadline. 2018. Okay. The New York Rangers traded Ryan McDonough and JT Miller to the Tampa Bay Lightning for Vladislav Nemestinknov, uh, Libor. Oh my God. Holy. There's a lot of letters in there. Uh, Libor (laughs) Hajik, Brett Howden, and two first round picks. So a couple guys. Libor Hayek and Vladislav Nemestikov. How have you never heard their names said out loud before, buddy? Jake. I got a lot of things I do in my life and reading Russian <laughs> players' names is not one of them. Um, but that just kind of gives you a glimpse of what the value of two first-round picks is, is getting guys like JT Miller and Ryan McDonough to go on a run. Right. And so I'm actually kind of glad that that came up because what I was just going to say is if there's going to be two firsts, I would even be willing to add more, but I need something else back, more than Lindholm. Okay. Ooh, okay. I have a trade prop for you then. I wonder if you're going to tell me the same guy who I'm thinking of right now. Yeah, Chris Tanev. Yeah, that's exactly oh, right. Oh, you thinking Tanev? No. Lindholm and Tanev? No, uh, we need, instead of Tanev, we get uh, the other guy. What? Uh, fuck, what's no, his face? No, 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 Alex, uh, were you concussed? We already have Zadorov. We got No, him. not Zadorov, the other <laughs> defenseman. What? <laughs> Uh, okay, you guys talk, and I'll I'll find his name. No, no, it, it's okay. You 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 look him up. But here's no, my I'll thing. talk because there's a point. No, there's a no, point. I've been, no, I've been waiting over. to make this point since you started no. talking, and I haven't been able to get you, it out. I'm making I'm making you, a point. Noah Hannafin is who I was thinking of. Okay, Noah no, Hannafin I, isn't a rental though. Okay, I will explain to you in a minute why I will take Tanev over him. Jake, go ahead. I don't Do, want to hear more Tanev jerk offs. It's not a jerk off. It it's is. a legitimate no, point. You're jerking I have him reasons off. and no, points. You're not. You have. Facts. You grew I, up watching him. No, no. You no, like the idea of no, no. kind of being on the team because him and Hughes played together. Well, guess what? Hughes already has a partner. I guess have, what? He's better. I have so many more points than that, and we're gonna Alex get there after Jake. What? Alex is spitting nothing but facts. Okay, listen up then. So here, I don't want to listen to it. You're not here. So I'm going to tell you something else. I'm going to tell you something that I'm has nothing my to do with any of that. Oh, we're in the same room. Yeah, so go ahead. Really take help. your headphones off. Plug your ears and go la, 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 because this won't take too long. <laughs> I'm setting a timer for 10 seconds. <laughs> Shut the f- Okay, no. She's going to be all Why murmurs. is your margin so big? It's 10 seconds or like eight minutes. Because I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> no. 10 seconds or eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no here's what what was i just talking about about how the team has to plan for a future too right my biggest problem with lindholm isn't that he's not worth two seconds it's that he's not worth two seconds if we only get him for a handful of games and then he leaves for free 
That sucks. Here's what Man, I'm trying to say. So how about a 26-year-old defenseman? Why does no one let me finish my goddamn point? Because why you're just going to go into, uh, but Chris Tanev could sign a uh, three-year, $1 million contract to play with the Canucks and then retire and then move into <laughs> my basement. <laughs> That's what you were going to say. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. okay, I hate how you've undermined what I the, the very legitimate and good point that I had. That yes, Chris Tanev will stick around and he'll do it for a discount, for a bargain. What that, makes you think that? He loves it here. He didn't want to leave I, here. I, that is true. I totally forgot you are his best friend and he tells you all the stuff that he thinks. It was well known, Alex. Who? It was well known. By who? By everyone. When the only reason he left was because Calgary offered him more than we could afford. And he said, yeah. So why would he take a pay cut now if he wasn't willing to take a pay cut before? Because he, because now he's made that money. He's made it. If he took a pay cut before, if he made a pay cut before, that was the biggest contract he will ever have is the one he just signed. It makes sense not to take a pay cut then. Now, when you're only talking about maybe shaving a little bit off, he would be willing to do it. And guess what? So that's not no, even a pay no, no, cut. No, that's I'm just not called done. getting older. I'm not done. He's taking a pay cut off of even getting older. He's getting older and then a small pay cut on top of that. Also, you live in a fantasy world. No, I don't. I'm living. You do. I live in the lower mainland. You, you want him to get traded, get the C, lose a couple no. teeth. What are you? And you're gonna look he like the no 20, to 2016 lose, Vancouver Canucks. All his teeth are gone. You, you want him to lose more. No. You want him to get dentures and then lose those teeth. <laughs> That's what you want. <laughs> Live in your basement. Yeah, and live in the basement. <laughs> Where, that's the most <laughs> random thing. That's what you want. You love no, him. I okay. Yes, is that a problem? No, but you would rent out a two-bedroom apartment and give him both bedrooms. That's what you would do to get him to come back here, Alex. <laughs> Of course I would. Like, so would everyone else. No. But listen. No. Listen to me. Here's the other thing. Not only does he like it here and want to play here. Who's saying this? I know this. Not only that. And yes, uh. he, he has played with Hughes in the past. I know. I know. But guess what? Hughes is even better now. And yeah, Heronic is maybe even a better partner. But guess what? Chris, maybe. Shut. Maybe. No, shut. Chris Tanev. They are the top two pairing in the NHL, and he's maybe right. better. Okay, so yes, I'm saying I'm saying what you you now have the option to do is you can get more defense. Hang on, you can get more defensive depth by moving Heronic down if you want to to the second pairing, or you know what the other option is? Chris Tanev is on your second pairing, and that is solid, man. That is a very very he good. He is on the second defenseman. line of the Calgary Flames, which is one of the laughing stocks of the NHL's. Yeah. Oh yes, and and. I read it in the newspaper. Calgary sucks because of Chris Tanev's no, performance. No, you're saying on the moving him to pairing. the second pairing. No. That's going to make a difference. Yes. Do you know who's on our second pairing right now? Not great, but Tyler, Chris Tanev. The Chaos Giraffe Myers. Chris Tanev is not the guy that's going to be like, we got Chris Tanev, we got the cup. No, we can't afford those guys, Alex. That's what I'm saying. And that's the other thing. With all these big contracts coming up, we have to retain, we have to ice a roster somehow. He might be the only guy that's worth anything who will play within those cap restrictions. What what is what is his imaginary re-sign to his favorite city in the world look like to you? <laughs> Three years. 
Yes. Based on nothing but facts. Yeah. Based on exactly what I know. <laughs> because he lives in New Basin. Yeah, because... <laughs> because we're future because roommates. Marcus is billeting him. <laughs> Chris Tan, I want to be very clear, Chris Tanev, if you're listening, which I know you are because this is your favorite podcast from your favorite city in the world. You can live in my basement. We will Marcus, stop. you don't even have a basement. Shut up. <laughs> you live in the basement. I do live in a basement. You can, I will sleep outside, Chris. <laughs> I will live in my backyard in a damn tent if you come back here. I will. I'll do it. So what is it about him? I just, wh- where have you been? This Are is, you concussed, Alex? This is the just, whole conversation we just had but like, was about those reasons. Why why specifically, like I get your whole thing about Quinn Hughes and Chris Tanev. Right, about how they have chemistry, how he'll want to come back well, here, how did. he'll give us a discount. They did. Are you telling me that Quinn Hughes is the same player that he was when Chris Tanev was here? No, he's even better. That's even more of a reason for Tanev to want to come back. But he's a different player. How do you know they're still going to have that same chemistry? They don't even have to play on the same line. He's just on a stronger defensive core because Quinn so Hughes is on it. Nothing you matters about the Quinn Hughes pairings and the chemistry. No, but guess what that means? If Hirona gets injured, you now have a guy that you know works with him. Well, yeah, if you're banking on injuries. No, I'm not banking done. on them. I'm preparing for them because guess what? They happen, man. I just, I think there's so much better talent out there that you could get. Not that we can keep. At a discount that we already he's know works. Taking, why would he take a discount? I, he's not going. Do you to want to have this, the conversation? He's again? not going do to you take want this to have imaginary discount. He can, he has free rent in a basement, which he's not going to take. He could. He's not. I'll put it in writing. He's he not, can have it. I, I'm so sorry. He does not want to live in your basement. He hasn't even seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet. <laughs> he can have a basement. He can live in the studio. No, nobody wants to live in the studio. I'll, I'll put my bed back in here. I'll do it. So you're going to sleep in the same bed? No, he can have my bed in this studio, and I will sleep in my bed where I sleep. Okay. So I feel like we're we're going yeah, too far this into going this scenario. Way too far. Um, I think that I think Jake hasn't talked in a while, and it, I need to hear Jake's opinions think, on this. I just wanted to say, Elias Lindholm isn't actually a second liner. The guy's a first liner, but if you trade him to the Canucks, you could put him on the second line, and then you'd have a more competent second line. That's all I wanted to say like half an hour ago before Marcus went off on this tangent about Chris Tannen living in his basement and walking him with the retirement. <laughs> I would like to point out that I didn't bring that up. <laughs> yeah, but you want it. Yeah, okay, sure, Alex. Boy, no, no, no. I am popping that conversation. Okay. Chris Tanev makes too much buns. money to be added into this deal. If we're spending two first-round picks to Calgary, we're not getting back both Elias Lindholm and Chris Tanev. They combined make like $10 million. You got to have some money going back the other way. Kuzmenko. You'd give up Kuzmenko for that. For Lindholm and Tanev? You're such a fucking fuck. But only one first. And uh, you gotta seventh. throw in a prospect, yeah. And also, you gotta throw in more pods. Money. Has got to be in there. Not pods. Let's take uh, Atu Ratu. No, I think it's pods. You got it, boy. You gotta throw in more money. There's gotta be more money in the deal there. Uh, that's a that good point, like, actually, because we're bringing in ten and only giving up like five. Um, 
So that's yeah, got to be the the what's his face contract, the uh, Myers contract. Well, no, because he's well, only making one now. Because his, because their his rentals, bonus has been though, paid out. He had a five million dollar uh, yeah. bonus. He's only making one. Also, be, because their rentals, their cap works out like different because it's like you. It's not the whole cap that you have to put towards. It's like oh a yeah, that's so confusing. Yeah, I hate it. Is, cap. Yeah. They need to make yeah, it, but like, like honestly, like there there could be some stuff like you could throw in maybe like I don't know some random like maybe Sam Lafferty ends up a casualty in the deal or something, right? Because someone's got to come out of the lineup, right? Maybe it's Pew Suter, right? Like it's someone's got to come out of the lineup if you're going to throw in Leo Should be good. So maybe that guy ends up. Oh no, that would be a huge. That would be huge. Like giving up Garland when you look and at the, yeah, but the contract lines up. Like he's making what four and a well, half? Well, it does at the beginning of the year, but like I said, because it's at the deadline, the caps are different. Like there's weird oddities in the contracts about like how much money is actually going on uh, the Canucks cap versus stays on the the Flames cap. Well, also, if, you could also do like salary retention. Yeah, I was just gonna you say could, you they could, could take it. money yeah. back, and we give them like what a yeah. third. Or yeah, if like they're that. willing to take money back, then I would give them maybe a higher level prospect to like Pods. But the the big thing that makes it worth it is a player that you're either confident will resign or a player that's still under contract for a couple more years. Because I really don't yeah. like the idea of giving away your future. For someone who, like I said, look at, um, this actually didn't work out too, too bad, but like, look at Tyler Toffoli, right? Uh, we gave away Tyler Madden, who at the time was a very highly touted prospect. He didn't end up working out, so it wasn't that big of a deal, but it felt like a big deal when he was still highly touted and Toffoli walked 10 games later for nothing. That felt like a really big loss. And it could have been if Tyler Madden had worked out, that could have really exploded in our faces. Excuse me. The point I wanted to bring up, like, way before was, I remember, like, years ago, even before we started the podcast, Marcus and I had a conversation about what what Marcus would do if it meant guaranteeing the Canucks a single cup, like, one cup. Like, would you, if it meant you had to trade all your best players the next year, oh. you had to be a bottom feeder for 10 years, would you do it if it guaranteed you a Stanley Cup? Marcus, do you remember how you answered that? Buddy, we have had so many theoretical conversations about this kind of thing. I, I can't tell you that I remember this specific conversation, okay. but no, I, I don't remember. Would you cut your toe off? Dude, <laughs> I would I would go completely toeless. Really? You'd cut oh, all okay. your toes off? Let's... I would, yeah. <laughs> and you would be, you wouldn't be able to walk. Okay, but here's wait, the wait, 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 wait. You, no, hang on, Jake. I, we will get to this. <laughs> Are you, no, 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 no. Here we no, go again. No, no, oh, on. for God's sake. Are you implying <laughs> that if you didn't have toes, you wouldn't be able to walk? <laughs> I feel like it'd be harder to walk. Barefoot, barefoot. Not harder to walk. You wouldn't be able to balance. But how much are you guys walking yeah. on your toes? No, you use your toes to grip. Grip what? My shoes? When you, Marcus, when you Am walk, crazy? you use your toes. Yeah. My yeah toes you may don't I'm crazy. No, yeah. it would be way harder to walk without toes. My toes do nothing, Alex. They, they Cut them off right now. Well, that'd hurt. Yeah, cut them off right now. I, okay. <laughs> if they don't do anything, you would you would wear smaller shoe sizes. 
You might even fit into a kid's shoe. Shoes no, are I, way cheaper. No, I feel them. They're a part of my body. They just don't do anything. They're like your appendix. So do your fingers not do anything? No, I didn't oh. say fingers. I said appendix and toes. Toe. They're equally useless. Oh. Moving on. Jake, I, I don't remember how I answered that question. How, how did I answer it? Buddy, what the fuck? Did I sacrifice limbs and body parts? Like I think Alex I remember suggested? this question. I think you said no. you wouldn't trade your whole team. No, it's actually the wrong now. I remember Marcus saying that he would do just about anything if it meant guaranteeing a touchdown. Yeah, I remember that he he would he would trade or sell off everything. He would he would sign the team's fate away if it meant a one single cup and. Marcus, do you remember the reason why? I'm thinking of at least oh, one yeah. reason at the forefront of my mind, but I'm not sure if it would be the same reason I listed. I got a good question. Why don't you share that with me? Was it something to do with my family? Yeah, that's, uh, that's something that I, I recall from that conversation. Um, but just that to you, winning a cup means right now means so much more than having the chance to win one for the next 10 years. Right. Yes. So what, what Jake, I believe is alluding to is I mentioned the fact that I'm, I mean, I'm sure people have heard this now a few times, but obviously I'm, I'm the reason me and my family are all such big hockey fans is largely because of my grandparents and they are now 83 years old and it is, very important to me and it is a dream of mine to be able to watch them win a cup with my grandparents and that's something that 15 20 years down the line that that opportunity is not necessarily going to be around as much so or i i don't know how much longer i have that opportunity so yeah to me i'm for sure on a time crunch i'll give you that and i, I guess just like having had that conversation with you I find it odd that if it meant bringing in a player that could bring the Canucks so much closer to a cup right now, that you wouldn't be like, yeah. Because I think, I think a player like Elias Lindholm would change this team from being a cup, a cup contender to a cup favorite. It's, it's not think, a guarantee. Because he, he, is a, he is a first line center. He is a nearly point per game first line center. Right. And if you can bring him in and put him on the second line, I mean, like, think about the teams that have won the cup in recent years, right? Like, they're deep teams, For right? Sure. Marvin Padre on the second line in Colorado, um, Braden Point on the second line in Tampa Bay. Yeah, well, behind Stamford. Well, fu right? funny like, enough, that's actually kind of why I said I would be willing to do it but only if there was maybe a defenseman involved too. And yes, I use Tanev, but of course Noah Hannafin would also be a, I wouldn't be angry at that. And the reason I said that is because I also believe we have a hole on defense. And if this team, this absolutely cursed team is ever going to win a cup, everything needs to go perfect for them. They can't have holes on defense. They can't have Myers on the second pairing. They can't be missing a second line center. They need to be firing on all cylinders. And if 
the Flames or any team was willing to give us a second line center that you can use on the first line and a defense that we can use to patch that hole, I would I would give up like we were talking about firsts, Pod Colson's prospects, high end picks, whatever they want. Because yes, I do want this to get done. But if we're going to go all in, we better go all the way in. That's about as calm and collected as I think I can possibly be while having that conversation. Yeah. And in fact, I like it more when Jake tries to get a point across to me than Alex, because Jake says things like he motivates me with my family and <laughs> Alex motivates me by cutting my feet off. So, <laughs> well, I was going to ask you since, okay, so there's no inbox. So I'm going to quickly, Oh shit. I didn't put up an inbox. No, no. Sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, we don't have time. We have talked for an hour in this first time. Yeah. This has been a long, it's been a good half. It's though. been good. Like we, it's been good. We, it's eventful. Yeah. Um, quickly, uh, the New York Rangers game, two amazing goals. Yeah. Goals of the year candidates. Yeah. Hoaglander and Pedersen both. I like Hoaglander's better. Yeah. Well, did you guys, I, I don't know if this is like a thing, but uh, somebody commented on the NHL post or the, uh, uh, or the Canucks post. And it was like your favorites play, your favorite player, your favorite player's favorite player. Uh, okay. I don't know. I thought that was cool. Power yeah, I yeah, was like, just thinking like that, that. Those kind of guys. Yeah. Um, I think Pedersen's favorite player is Nils Hoaglander? Or like, what, 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 wait, so yeah, what, what are you talking about? Somebody just commented that, and I was like, yeah, like the guy that like everybody likes in the locker room that does like the small stuff, like the Tyler Motts, the Curtis Lazars, the Nils Hoglanders. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah like so it is. Every, how like every player that plays with Keith Yandel loves Keith Yandel? Yeah, like just guys like that. Yeah. Um. Oh, fuck, I had the number before. I think the... The lotto line in the past three games has combined for uh, nine goals. Yeah, in three Which games, nuts. that's nuts. Yeah, uh, and then last night's game, the New York Islanders game, a nice five to two win. Yep, over Mister Bo Horvat. Felt good. So, Felt good. no inbox this week, right? Do you guys have anything that we need to yell about or talk about before I ask my inbox question? I hope I'm yelled out. I hope I don't have to yell anymore in this okay. episode. That was exhausting, Marcus. You get to win the Stanley Cup this year. Okay. The Canucks relocate next year. They are never coming back. And Jake, the same thing will go to you. The Preds win it this year. The Preds are gone. For him, relocation uh, means I guess, yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's not as big of a thing. Uh, well, no, I mean, actually... The team folds. No. How about the team no, folds? I, no, like I even if the team is going to relocate, relocate, I say no. Like because for me, winning the cup as a Preds fan, like yeah, I'd love to see it. But you have to remember, like I'm not physically there. Like winning a cup is like the whole city just turns into this giant party and it's this fun environment and everyone's celebrating. If the Preds win the cup, I would love to see it, but I'm not there. Yeah. I don't get to enjoy it, right? Okay. So like hell no. Okay. I love following the Preds because they're they're always going to be underdogs. They're always going to be the Cinderella story. Then right? I'll just so give like, you. Sorry, sorry. Continue. So yeah, all I was going to say is the last thing is just that, like, no, like I want that team to stay exactly where they are. I want one day to have this awesome trip of where I can go down and I can watch five Preds games in Bridgestone Arena and I can sit in the cell block. And no, my worst nightmare would be if they relocated or folded. But okay, regardless so. of whether they win a cup or not. 
So then I'll, I'll just give you the same one with the Canucks. They win, but they're gone next year. The arena's torn down. It's just skyscrapers going in. Like, everything Canucks is, like, vanishing. Like, Thanos. Bang. Wow. Are you guys taking the cup? Um, no. Yeah, I, I'm going to say no. And okay. it's funny because, like, like again, Jake was tugging at the heartstrings earlier with my grandparents, yes. right? And, man, like... Fuck you for knowing me well enough to know that that would get to me. But um, sorry, dude, I didn't mean to like. I didn't mean to attack you. No, 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 no. You didn't. You didn't. I just mean like it, it's funny that you knew like that was the one thing that would get me to kind of level out a little bit. But um, funny enough, that exact thing is what makes me kind of want to say yes, right? Yeah, I mean, that's I, what I thought. I very much said like my end goal is to watch it with yeah. them, right? Like, is is it worth it to lose everything? And that's where I know that even if I said that to them, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I would, I would say yes for you guys. They would tell me to say no. Oh, hundred percent. Because they would say, think about your future. Think about you having kids yeah. and grandkids and getting to do all this stuff with them. Like right? little Marky Mark running around. Yeah. Little Marky Moo Jr. Like the Canucks, along with- they won the cup. <laughs> Dad, who's the Canucks? Yeah. Imagine that, your kids yeah, saying I'd, that. I'd blow my brains out. <laughs> like all over the floor the wall all over the like, ceiling boots on the ceiling <laughs> brains in the ceiling uh, <laughs> leave a note it was alex <laughs> what uh, um yeah but no in, in all seriousness yes it is as much as yeah my number one thing is watching that with my grandparents i want to make memories with my family in the future doing that stuff too mm. so as much as it is a harder decision than i think it would be for most i would say no i would not take that deal respectable very respectable but I want it both ways. I want it with my grandparents yes, and then later yes, with ideally, my family. Too. Ideally, we can win the cup. Yeah. Coming up soon. It's funny how, like, I, I feel like we put so much emphasis on we just once in our lives. We just want to see yeah. it. We don't even think about the fact that eh, twice could be kind of cool, too. Yeah. If they win it, like, now and then later when we're, like, 40 or something. That'd be kind of sick. But, like, but like, I think when you don't even have one, yeah. you're not willing to look at two or like, three yeah, it's you're never, just like it just i just want it to happen the first one's always know? going to be the it the craziest yes nothing nothing will ever beat whatever the celebration is after the first you know one. what would have sucked you know what? how tampa won it uh during the covid year if we'd won it that if year we'd won it and in the nothing COVID was year. allowed to happen yeah and we weren't allowed to celebrate or anything like that yeah that would have sucked yeah, even watching the playoffs that year was weird because, like me, like I would go to my grandparents to watch, yeah. but we'd sit on opposite sides of the couches. Yeah. Depending on what the rules were, we'd have masks on and stuff. Like it was yeah. really well. Weird. Imagine like social distancing at the parade. Yeah, there just wouldn't <laughs> have been one. <laughs> like they would have just been yeah. dr driving down empty alleyways in Pretty Hastings. Much, yeah. Like, hey. <laughs> Yeah. The one crackhead's like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, stop the bus. Let me in. Let me in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like are those ticket scalpers? Why are they yelling? You buy and you selling? What, what's going on down there? You think know, they take the C bus? That would be sick. And they just do like the perimeter. Oh, I thought you meant the crackheads. No, I don't like, think the no, crackheads I don't take the C bus. Wait, wait. 
they, when they are a when the when the Tampa Bay Bucks <laughs> won the Super Bowl, they did the uh, the boat on uh, yeah the bay. oh yeah that was cool, going up like right? False Creek or something. Yeah. They could have made yeah, but you're right. In a weird sense, I'm glad it didn't happen that year. Yeah, I think that would have sucked. Like it's it's one of those where it's like yeah, we won the cup. But it's one of those where, where I'm like, yeah, on one hand, I'm glad it didn't happen that year. But then I also look at it and I'm like, what if it doesn't happen at all? Then I'll kind of go, yeah, yeah it would have been nice if it had yeah. happened. I would take that over nothing. Yeah, that's but fair. Yeah, man. I, you're right, though. We do need to wrap this half yeah. up. It's, it's yeah. gone wild. Uh, there's still so much more we have to talk about in the NHL. So we're going to yes. try to go through it really quick. Uh, so we're going to take a little bit break and we're going to do some trivia. Yes. Uh, do you guys know all the players that have played with the Canucks that are in the Hall of Fame? Do I? Jesus, do dude, guys? that's a massive list. It no, no, no. One, no. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight. Okay. Uh, Pavel Bure. Pavel Bure is one of them. Are we taking turns, like going back and forth sure. here? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jake, go ahead. Um, did Luongo count yet? Yeah, Luongo I, does count. Yes. Okay, Luongo. Um, do you want to just each skip a turn and say the Sedins? Yep, sure. that's what's happening. Like, I will say a Sedin, you will say a Sedin, and then we'll throw it back to okay, me. Yeah, um, yeah I think we're at four. That would bring us to four. Um, and there's eight. Uh, I hate to say it, but he who yeah. shall not be named is going to be there. <laughs> yep, he's on there. That was going to be my safe bet. Why? Because um, you knew I wouldn't say his name. I was hoping that Jake. Yeah, I was like, and, like that was left to the last, and you would have to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was eight players, and we've only named. You've named five. five? You're missing three. Oh, I can think of a very obvious one right now. So one was inducted with Pavel Bure, uh, then one was inducted in 2008, and then 2005. Right. I think I know one. Were they? Oh, yeah, were all three one. of them like? Were all three of them like predominant Canucks players, or were they so like other? One was two hundred game. Two of them played two hundred games, and then one only played forty. I think I know the forty game guy. Yeah, that's who I knew too. Matt Sundin. Yeah, Matt Sundin. Okay, that one you got. Um, was he inducted with Pavel Bure? Yep. Man, they Bure went in late. I didn't realize that. The other guys both played yeah. 200 games. 210 and 201. Ooh. Man, that's like quite a while. I know McGilney is not in, and that's like very controversial. Like a lot of people are advocating for him yeah. to be in, but he's not. What are the years again? 05 and... 05 and 08 were when they were inducted. I don't have when they played for the but, Yeah, but that can be a while yeah. after they played. Yeah. They only played 200 games with Canucks. Um, no, uh, wait, Trevor Linden. No, 200 games. Oh, no, 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 no. It's also not in the hall of fame. That is crazy to me. Um, that is, that is criminal. Yeah. Chris Tannen never won a hall of fame too. Shut up. (laughs) Neither have lots of people in the, neither have all of the ones we've named so far. (laughs) Never won a cup. Mark Messier won a cup. Mm. Shut up. 
Alex. He won a few. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was on a stack. One now. He was he the captain the too. He was carried. He was carried. He's the only Canuck captain with a Stanley Cup. Wow, that's brutal. That's true. I don't like this game. I think that is true, right? I, Smith did doesn't anyone have like, one. Linden doesn't have one. Naslin doesn't have. Did one. anyone wear the C and then go somewhere with one? No, I don't think so. Not unless it was like in the seventies or eighties, but no. So Mark yeah. may say the best leader um, of the Vancouver Canucks. I'm just trying to think of Tony Tanti. Is he in the Hall of Fame? What about the Russians in the nineties? You're thinking of McGillney, uh, sorry, McGillney, Bure, and um, yeah, um, McGillney. No, McGillney's not in the Hall of Fame. No. No, but I mean, you, played a bunch of games. You, when you said the Russians, it's like those two, and then there was yeah. one other guy that were in line for a while, and I can't think of his name. 200 games is like like two and a half seasons. Yeah. Math guy, or stats guy. Ed Jovanovsky? He's not in the Hall of Fame. No. Well, it looks like we have some stumped people going into the... Is either one of them a goalie? No. Marcus Naslund is not in the Hall of Fame. Nope. He also played a lot more than 200 games. That's a good point. you got to think yeah. of like... Yeah. It's guys that only like, played like, it for a bit. But that's the thing. If it was like 05 and whenever, like these are going to be guys from, from like when I was a small child. I'm not going to remember them. Yeah. Or like before we were born. Well, there is 15 seconds left in the quiz. So I will oh. take a look at the oh, names. I, I didn't even know we were timed. No, this is just like on a, a quiz place. Oh, okay, so I can't okay. see the answers yet. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. So I'll see if I even recognize the names. Okay. Uh, you'll have to let us know. I feel like there will be at least one that will be. Oh, oh, I got one. I got one. Cam Neely. Yes. Fuck. Oh, oh and, that was and, super obvious. Uh, yeah. Cam Neely is one. I just saw a Cam Neely Canucks jersey on Marketplace, too. I'm very mad I didn't think about that. But, yes, that that is a good yeah. one. And there's one more. Wow, that, that came out of nowhere for me. I don't know how I pulled that. I don't even know. I should know he's from the same. Yeah, we we drafted him and then we traded him to Boston at some point. Uh, uh, the last guy you guys should know. I, I've you should know Jake might. Can you tell me the era that they played in? Uh, like just like what decade they were a Canuck before I was born. Okay. Uh, um, that can be quite a few decades. I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe like eighty. Oh, wait a minute. This guy is in, but possibly not as a player. Is it Pat Quinn? No. Oh, okay. Because um, I think, I thought he was in as a coach or as like an ambassador or um, a uh, builder. Like there's another um, category. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. this guy played from 1989 to 2004. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. Hang Oh, that was his career was eighty nine yeah, yeah. to two thousand four, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so he I was. Think maybe we ought to leave this one, Marcus. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll we'll save that one for the end of the show. Do you uh, want the era that he played with the Canucks? No, after the show. Okay. After the show, we'll do that. Uh, stick around. We'll get to that right after the second half. You're listening to the Vancouver Boys podcast. That's her name. Don't wear it out, man. We got to sign this guy to a six by six. Tampa Bay was $18 million over the salary cap. UC Saros is the best goalie in the NHL. And welcome back 
to the Vancouver Boys Podcast, where I stumped them with my awesome trivia. <laughs> You're so proud that we didn't guess it, like, on the first try. Yeah, well, because you guys do shut down a lot of my trivias. Yeah. So it's, it's very... We're very smart. It's very happy, or very uh, encouraging when I do get ah, to stump you guys. Yes. And you know what? You're getting a little bit more articulate. We're proud of you, buddy. Yeah, I'm really working on the vocab. Yeah. If only you could read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta work on that one. Libor, Libor Hayek and Vlad Flav Domestikov. Yeah, I need to get the <laughs> Russian dictionary. He knows just, a lot of words. He just can't going. spell them. Yeah, I can spell. I just can't say. You can't. It's like people who like I can speak. I can understand the language, but I can't speak it. How many languages can you understand <laughs> but not speak? No, no. You know those people though. Like like their families like grew up somewhere and then they've come here and they've learned English, but they can still understand like. Their other language. Oh, but yeah. They can't okay. speak it as much. Yeah. But I understand some. I understand Spanish. To a That's intro to grade very 11. cool for you. Intro to grade 11 standard. Mm. So bad. not a whole lot. But Too bad me and Jake aren't bilingual. Anyway. Teach, um, me, teach me something in Spanish, Alex. Uh, yo soy. Soy okay. milk? <laughs> no. Like, you are. I don't know what it is, but I oh. I understand it. Okay. Or I can speak it, I can't understand it. Oh, okay. I'm the opposite. I only I have a little bit of French, that's about it. So I'm pretty sure yo soy is you are. That sounds about right. Moving and on. Como se dice. That is how do you say? Oh. Oh. Um so like como se dice bathroom. Or como se dice library. Trabian. No, la biblioteca. Hi, <laughs> uh, <Ay>, mommy. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, let, let, come on. We got a busy second half here. We got a lot of NHL news to get to. We're being goofy. Oh yeah, right. What a goof! What a goof! Right. Welcome to the biggest goof of the week. This is my part of the show. My segment where I come up with. It. Story that involves a player, coach, team, organization, whatever we're having, bring up the story. Chat about it. This week, the biggest news of the week is NBA referees. Did oh. you guys see a couple months ago? Oh, the, um, the head coach. Um, you know, it, the story is what you're thinking, Alex. Oh. Um, but a couple a couple months ago, the head coach of the um, Memphis Grizzlies, Taylor Hankins, or something like that, he was a little post game interview. And the question was um, somewhere along the lines of, like, what did you think of the officiating thing? And he literally started it off by saying, like, I know what's coming. I know I'm going to get fined for this. But they stuck at their job. They did a terrible job. They cost us a game and just went off on them. Like, he basically just decided he was going to pay whatever fines were coming his way and just unloaded. And it got a lot of attention, um, but then kind of disappeared. Well... Uh, just a couple days ago, the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, um, Darko Rakovic, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Alex, you can correct me. Yeah, um, Darko. He- <laughs> <laughs> I got you there. Yeah, I appreciate it, buddy. Um, anyway, so he, he was asked the same question, and he did the same thing. He kind of went off on the uh, the refs saying, like, um, I think the, the in the game they played against the Lakers, the Lakers had 24 free throws in the third, uh, sorry, in the fourth quarter, and the Raptors had three. It was, and he insane. just kind of, yeah, he just kind of went off. And 
this is something that like unless you're drawn toward a relic, people don't really do this, you know? No. So it's it's kind of weird that it happened twice in such a short period of time and it's starting to become a bit of a like normalized thing. You can just call out the ref. Um and I don't know, like what do you guys think about this? Well like the refing in that, like it was it's insane to give one team twenty three free throws. So like pretty much twenty three points. Yeah. To two points all in one quarter like yeah. absolutely insane some of the calls were nuts and like it was just it was really like eye-opening to like yeah star players get treated differently than non-star players yeah that that's where it's like the refs it's not necessarily like rigged or like they're trying to make a certain team win but I believe that refs will sometimes have agendas with specific players, right? Like this guy they're more sensitive with, or the other guy maybe has a reputation, so they, they look for things to call him on, well, right? Like, now, again, I didn't see this game, yeah. so I'm not talking about that specifically. Yeah. But I'm saying, by and large, I think refs do that. And I think most of them, off the record, would admit that they do that. Well, like, I, I saw a graphic... Uh, I didn't really read. I scrolled quickly past it, but it was the free throw differential uh, for each team. And I don't know if this was uh, this season or like the past couple seasons, but the second place was like a hundred and like 20 plus 124 or something. And the Lakers are at like plus 180 something. Damn. Like it's just, it is insane. The amount of free throws and the amount of officiating that goes in the Lakers way. Um, yeah, nuts. It, it's, it's super like, I am very, it, I don't want to say proud cause that seems weird, but like, like good on Darko to, to yeah. go out there. And there's a lot of people in the media that are like taking his side and they're like, finally, like a coach is saying something and he's like, I'm going to stick by my players. Like it was bullshit. Like what the rest did to my players that night, my organization, all that kind of stuff. And like, he actually spoke out and he's a first year coach. Which is quite cool. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it, it's tough, right? Because the leagues impose so many fines and penalties and punishments if you speak out. So it's tough when a reporter asks you point blank, hey, what do you think about this? Yeah. And it's like, well, I can either lie or tell the truth and get fined. Yeah. And so, yeah, it is really nice to see coaches speaking out that way. And at the end of the day, I don't think that they should get fined for doing that. I don't know. Or at least not if they are asked point blank. You know, if they're just in a press conference and they bring it up randomly, yeah. they're like, oh, you know, like take, I'm going to translate this to hockey because that's what I do with everything. They go to talk and they're like, oh, you know, what did you think of the lotto line tonight? He's like, well, it'd be a lot better if it weren't for the refs. Okay, you can find them for that. But if a reporter says, how were the refs or how did you feel about this call point blank? they should be allowed to answer that truthfully without getting fined, in my opinion. So, uh, Jake, I have a question for you. Okay. Do you think referees should be interviewed after the game as coaches and players are? Man, that's tough. That's tough. Because, I mean, the players no. have to answer to the bells, the coaches have to answer to it, but the referees don't. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think that if you do that, you're just opening up a can of Like, everyone makes mistakes, right? It, that's tough. I don't know. I, I don't think you can really do that. It's, I think you just... I think that, like, maybe there should be a little bit more attention on, like, 
a rep track record, maybe? So, like, you know more about those reps as a fan. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a tough question. I, but I would say no. Well, you like, can't really do that. Yeah, like, in the NFL, I think it was the Dallas Cowboys and Detroit game. Uh, Detroit scored a touchdown with, like, Twenty seconds to go. Pretty much, they won the game on the touchdown. Yeah, and the referees called it back over like a holding call or something like that. And then after the game was done, like they ended up losing because they didn't get the touchdown. After uh, the game was done, they went through, reviewed the footage, and realized that like the refs just completely got it wrong. And now the refs aren't coaching or are refereeing any of the playoff games. Yeah. So like something like that. That's I think a good uh, alternative to. Like, you, you know what? I don't know. Here's, I think, almost splitting the difference, and I think you're on your way to something kind of cool. I wouldn't do interviews because I, I agree with Jake. It's kind of a slippery slope, and also they're just going to start doing exactly what hockey players do and telling you the exact same things. They're going to be cliches like, I didn't see it that way. Yeah. I had a different angle than what you guys had. Things happen so fast in real life, and we don't have the replays in slow motion. Like, they're going to start saying all that stuff to everything, yeah. right? And, they, and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. So I wouldn't do that. What I would like to see is, yeah, kind of what you're talking about, like referee stats. I want to see, like... How many tripping penalties has this guy called? How many slashes has he called? Like, is this a ref who's like more sensitive to certain things or that he looks for certain things? I'd even like to see like he's refed this team's matchup. Like, let's call it the Canucks and Flames. This ref has refed these two teams this many times. Here's the penalty differential when he's refing. Or here's his penalty calls. Things like that, I think, could be interesting if it's done in the right way. It, it would have to be hard not to do it in a very boring way. And maybe you're just fueling fans with more stuff to get angry about. But I think it would be kind of cool. So I, I'd like to see something like that. Yeah. Do more crazy shit. Do more crazy shit. Do more crazy shit. So... This kind of has, it has to do with officiating. Okay. Uh, to bring it back into NHL talk. Right. There's been a lot of talk about the offside review. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Connor McDavid came out and said, if it's going to take you 15 minutes to figure out if it's offside or not, is it worth it? What are your guys' view on offside reviewing? Yeah, I kind of agree with them. Like, the whole point of like the whole reviewing the calls is to make sure that they got the call right right yeah. but like I don't know it's just like part of the game is the human error I guess well, yeah, like, I've always thought that like like egregious things like Stamkos being six feet offside mm -hmm. like you just gotta make sure that like the, the ref has to see that right like something like that okay fine like maybe you can challenge something like that. But I think that the, the hairline decisions where it's like, okay, well, sorry, we're splitting hairs in cases like that. I don't know. I think that there's a term in baseball, the tie goes to the runner, which means that like, if it's close, do the thing that's more exciting. And that's kind of the way that I, I believe. Well, like yeah. If it's close and, and, and a goal will put a team further ahead, he, he doesn't count. That might be a controversial opinion, but I don't know. I just think that in general, it's more exciting than the games are close. I, I agree, because 
if we're going to start reviewing all the offsides and everything, why aren't we reviewing, like, every play? Like, you don't think there's trips that referees miss? Like, if you're going to do that, what's stopping that, that's all that kind of stuff? That's a little bit different because, like, trips and slashes and hooks and stuff, that's more up to the referee's discretion. Whereas offside is not a discretion thing. It is a very, or what should be a very clear black and white line. Like, and that's actually why I'm going to disagree with both of you. If I'm a fan who's truly invested, which I think we can all probably agree that I am, yeah. I want it called correctly. Do you know how infuriated I would be if they went to a replay? They took a few minutes and went, yeah, it was, uh, we, we looked at it for about 30 seconds. We couldn't really tell, so we're just going to call it this way. But then when you look at it, you're like, no, they were wrong. Like they had replay. They had the opportunity to, to do it and they called it wrong. What if they go to an offside and they say, yeah, it was offside, but it wasn't that offside. So we're going to allow it. Then where's the threshold for that? Then you're just creating more problems for yourself. I prefer, obviously 15 minutes is absurd. If you can't figure it out after 15 minutes, maybe you shouldn't be refing at all. But to me, offside is pretty black and white as long as the cameras are high quality enough which in the nhl they damn well better be they i want them to be meticulous i want it to be exact because offside in is an exact rule it's not a rule of thumb it's not up to discretion it is a rule and i would like it to be called right for the integrity of the game that is just how i feel about it it, it i mean it's hard to disagree with that because uh, I'm right. It's not even that you're right. Like, it, no, it, it is. is it, it, what you're saying is correct. Yes. Like, it's it's a pretty set in stone what the offside rule is. It's not like cooking. It's not like cross-checking, <laughs> like whatever. Like oh, that. I thought you said cooking. No, cooking. Yeah, just throwing a bit of sugar, some sads. <laughs> but if it's not, like, if if it's not that obvious offside and you're going to review for 15 minutes... Yeah, like that's like absurd. as a fan, like. But after 15 minutes, I guess that's what I don't get. What? How many camera angles do they have of an offside? Maybe five, like six maximum. Yeah. Once you've checked all of them, you should be able to figure it out pretty quickly. I I can see literally it, no reason for why it could take 15 minutes to figure out. If we have chips in the puck, how do we not have chips on each line or something like that? Yes, exactly. That's on what, like the goal line or something like that. For sure, like the technology should be able to be improved. I'd rather I'd rather know if it's a good goal or not than how hard Niels Almond's slap shot was that hit the boards. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just okay. that that's, technology like is that. so good, but it could be used so much better. I think that's just it, though, is it does need to get a little bit better because I don't know if the precision tracking is perfect. It can track speed, but I we don't know if it can track, pardon me, uh, down to like the millimeter to see if it's offside or not, right? Yeah. Once it improves to that point, yeah. I would even say once it improves to that point, hell, hook the thing up to the sound system in the rink and just make it play like the buzzer or something if you're offside, just instantly. So there's no, like, the linesmen don't even have to worry about that. It would just make the game so much slower. No, it would speed it up. There would be no reviews. As soon as a play is offside, it's just instantly called. I don't know, Jake, what do you think? I mean, Marcus does make a pretty good point. Yeah, like, like if there was... If there was a way to have it, but then at that point, like, why have rest at all? Yeah. You know, and I know Mark, you made that point in the past and 
Now I feel like we're kind of getting stuck in a bit of a loop here, but yeah. I, I think adding. at some point we will get to the point where we can somehow digitally ref games where they will not like, I'm not even saying in our lifetimes, I'm saying <clears throat> at some point in human history, I'm sure we'll hit that point where between computers and renderings and AI, they will figure out a way to perfectly with machines or cameras or whatever you want to call it and trackers, they will be able to figure out how to completely autonomously and perfectly ref hockey games. I'm sure it could happen. I don't think hockey is going to be around for that long. What? I, what do you, what do you think happens? Global warming. There's no more ice. No, No, it's just, they're just, they're playing water polo. Now (laughs) they're swimming. Have you ever seen underwater hockey? Yeah. That is wild. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. I would never, no, we're not going into that, (laughs) but I I guess what I'm saying is in theory, the idea is nice, but the technology isn't there right now. And again, we're not talking about the whole game. We're talking about icing, which is an easier thing to fathom that that could be uh, automized, autonomized. Don't, don't look at me. Automated, automated. Um, yeah, you all know what I mean, but that's, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'd be looking at. Uh, Jake, any thoughts on AI refing? No. (laughs) Chat GBT, call this game. (laughs) Wait, did you, Marcus, what did you call it? Chat what? You know, the, the, what is it, Marcus? (laughs) Is it GBT? No. Okay, Okay, what is it? GPT. Oh, fuck off. I don't care. That's the same sound. No, you are so against me mispronouncing things that you can't say you don't Because you do care. it all the time, Alex. Yeah. You, I, did, I did one thing. You got me once. You, go, you mess up on three letters. I mess on 14 vowels. That's where I mess up. <laughs> all right. You got, you got me. You got me. Okay, we're moving on. Um... All-star votes came in. Right. Yes. The first first ballot all-stars? Um, yeah. So the first one wasn't a vote. It was more just like assigned by the NHL. Yeah. This was the NHL's choosing. Yeah. One player from each team. Yes. And how do you guys feel about Quinn Hughes being our pick? I don't see how you could go another direction, honestly. Yeah. He's... I don't see how you don't go with Dakota Joshua. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not against stuff in the ballot box here, but I can see why. I, can well, see. I think there's enough Canucks being voted in already. Yeah, it so. is absolutely insane. So first off, Quinn Hughes, the only defenseman in the Pacific Division to get voted into the All Star game. Quite cool. Pretty cool. Uh, and only two defensemen actually got into the game: him and Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah, Kale McCarr didn't even make it. No, not- Kale McCarr is leading the fan votes. He's leading it? Uh, sorry, he's second. Right. To behind who? William Nylander. <laughs> uh, but then That's we have... That's media bias, ladies and gentlemen. Media bias. We also have three Canucks in the top seven of forward voting, and Thatcher Demko is the leading vote-getter for goaltenders. Makes sense. Top Vesna candidate at the moment. Yeah, it is uh, quite crazy. And it's so nice to see... Lovely. Because uh, we're beating out big name players. We're beating out guys like Artemi Panarin. We're beating out guys 
like Mitch Marner. We're beating out guys like John Tavares, Luke Hughes, like these big names, these big markets. Um, it's good to see. Yeah, it, it would be really nice because, like, we, we've all seen the commercials now on Sportsnet about all the players on the billboards in Toronto and stuff uh, being like, are you ready, Toronto? Like, they look like there's someone's about, like, has a gun to their head and said, you better read this line. Yeah. But the, the, the Sportsnet is putting so much publicity and media focus on the All-Star game because it's in Toronto. And it would be so sick if Canucks players could steal the show. Because we all know how much Toronto fans and Sportsnet would hate that. And I will love it for all those reasons. Just that this this is the one time where the media attention should be on Toronto. And we could take it from them by having possibly five Canucks in the All-Star game. That would be crazy. I'm trying to think, like, in the past couple of years, the amount of players on a team that went to the uh, All-Star game. Usually the Canucks have one. Yeah, but like, like, no, just like overall, like I'm thinking probably Rantanen, McKinnon, maybe Landeskog, but that's only three. Yeah. I like think you don't see, you don't see a full first line, a number one D and a number one goalie all from the same team. No. Make the all-star game. No, n- never. Like e- e- the Canucks, the most I can ever think that they had was four. Because I think there was one year where both Sedins went, Kessler went, and Luongo went. Mm. That's the only one I can think of. But no defenseman. I can't think of the Canucks ever sending a defenseman other than Quinn Hughes. No. So, but th- that's the other really? thing. Uh, no, I, Wait, you know what? I'm really? sure I'm sure it's happened. Well, um, ooh, like Sammy Sallow? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I don't remember Edler ever going. Um, I'm trying to think, like... That's the thing. The Canucks have never really had a defenseman of this caliber before. Right? Like, I I really don't know if the Canucks have ever sent a defenseman before Quinn Hughes. And this is Quinn Hughes' second All-Star game. But still, I, I can't remember another guy ever going. Either way... That was one thing I wanted to bring up too, was that this year's um, uh, team drafting, it, it, they're bringing the draft back. Yeah, so they're going to be playing against each other. Some of them will be. It'll be interesting to see who yeah. gets paired up together, right? Like, if one team manages to pull the lotto line together, or even get two-thirds of them and then have Quinn Hughes playing Honestly, D in the three-on-three game, I, that would be gross. I don't want to see that. You suck. You want to see them, like, you, you get to see that every night. Don't you want to see them play with different players? No. Last time I got excited about that was when I wanted the Canucks to go all in for Johnny Goudreau so he could play with Bo Horvat. But, like, seeing, like, Connor McDavid center that line instead of JT Miller. Like, you don't think that would be crazy seeing Brock Besser? Well, it's a three-on-three thing, so there's oh, no center. So like, but, like, I, I, get, yeah. I get what you're saying. It would be cool to see, like, McDavid and Pedersen with, like, Hughes on D. That yeah. would be very cool. Like I just, just I think and funny be, enough, if there was no draft, we would actually see that. Yeah, or even seeing like Connor Bedard and like Brock Besser play together, like just yeah, it'd be weird, but it'd be cool. Like I just think like that's what All Star Game is about. It's about seeing these top players play with guys they've never played with before. Yeah, it, it, I I do get that. And you're telling I me do. you don't want Pedersen and Bedard playing together, and you can save it on your phone and just watch it at night and go to bed smiling. I'm not, no, 
No, that's, that's uh, and Chris Tanev on defense. Yes, I would there be like go. big spooning him, and we'd be watching it together <laughs> on my phone in bed. I found a list of all of the Canucks sent to the All Star Game. Wow! Uh, as defensemen, okay. do you want to hear them? Yeah, yeah, that was quick. So, nineteen seventy one and seventy two, <laughs> Dale Callen. Nineteen seventy four, uh, Jocelyn. Gouvermont? Do you know that player? I think you may have pronounced 70. it wrong, but I think I've heard something like that before, so sure. Yeah. Uh, again, 70s players, Tracy Pratt, Harold Schnepp. Um, oh, Harold, Harold Schnepp. Lars, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Lars Lindgren, Kevin McCarthy, Harold Schnepp again, um, Paul Reinhardt, Matthias Olin, Jovo, oh, three times. Wait, who? Jovo three times. Wow. Okay, that okay, that that's stupid of me to have not thought of that one actually. Yeah. So Ed Jovanovsky and then Alex Edler in twenty twelve. Oh, Edler did, did go to one. Huh. Twenty twelve. Yeah. You guys, um you guys know a little bit of the history of my grandpa, how he always has like one player on the team that he hates, like yeah. every year. Like for the last few years it's been Myers. Before that it was Edler for like a decade. Yeah. Before that, it was Ed Jovanovsky. My sense. grandpa, like... I, I think your grandpa doesn't like big defensemen. My grandpa doesn't like big defensemen. Like, that, when Tyler Myers goes, it's going to be Nikita Zadorov. You're probably <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just gonna it it be. actually could be. That's kind of funny. I, I never thought of that. But yeah, like, I've always, um, in my head, called Jovanovsky the original bonehead. Because my uh, grandpa, like, every player he hates is a bonehead. Alex Edler, bonehead. That was a bonehead <laughs> drop pass every time. So I think Jovanovski was the original, and then now now we're up to Tyler Myers. So, Jake, don't join the Canucks because Marcus's grandpa <laughs> will hate you. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, I did find another interesting thing on this list that I'm curious if you guys would be able to figure out. Like, almost like a bonus trivia question this week. Okay. Oh, I get to guess. Um, so there have been three coaches Sent to the All-Star game from the Canucks. Can you name those three coaches? Willie Desjardins. <laughs> Wait, are you seriously know. asking that? I don't, I don't think you that got that That was just that the one. first one that came to my head. Um, God, no. Willie Desjardins no. was awful. Realistically, Alan Vigneault? Yeah. 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 It's also Elaine, not Alan. Yeah. No, not eh. You you can't just eh that one away. It's not Alan Vino. No, it's Alan Vino. Oh my lord. Um, kind of a weird one here, but I'm gonna go with Mark Crawford. Yes, sir. Mark Crawford, hey. number two. You're missing one more. Were they coaching the Canucks at the time? Yep. Because uh, I was gonna say all George. these are all these are Canucks coaches. No, but like, did they, yes, like actively coaching the Canucks, yeah. sent to the All Star yeah. game to represent the Canucks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we got yeah. Crawford. Who did you guess, Alex? Sorry, uh, Vino, Vino, uh, Pat Quinn. Uh, wasn't Pat Quinn GM? Uh, he was also coach for a period of time. Oh, okay. Actually, uh, no. I think there was like a half yeah. season where he was doing both at once. Yeah, but that's a no. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Again, a little odd. Roger Nielsen? Yes, sir. 1983, hey. Roger Nielsen. Yeah, you that have a yeah. abnormally amount of 
Canucks history in your I'll, brain? I'll be honest. That was not history. That was just like based on what I know. It was a guess. Mm-hmm. It was like he, I could see him going. And funny enough. I'm also curious. Sorry, go ahead, Marcus. Yeah, I was just going to say in 1982 was when Roger Nielsen put the white towel on his stick and started the towel thing oh, in the playoffs. Roger Nielsen? Yeah. I never knew. Who so that then I that's embarrassing. But then I <laughs> 1982. Yeah, dude, there's a statue <laughs> yeah, of him outside doing, the Alex? arena. I've what were you doing in 1982? You have not peed on that statue. <laughs> no, I haven't. But like, okay, good. <laughs> um, it's, it's I, I don't. I haven't gone up and read it. I've I've noticed that you don't have to read there. it. You just know. <sighs> anyway. Um. So I was just going to say it's funny that in 1983, so the season after he did that historic thing, he was at the All Star Game. I was just going to say that was kind of a funny coincidence, and then Alex started talking about peeing on his statue. You think he brought a towel to the All Star Game? I would have if I was him. Maybe he was like crazy Pete. He just <laughs> wasn't coaching. He was just running up. He and was down just the running stairs. around waving the flags like this is our yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> We need to get Crazy P on the show. I am so afraid of that. <laughs> it would be so funny if he brought the drum and everything. <laughs> I, I I will be absent that week. Uh, I might too. It It is a crazy experience listening to a guy scream that has no voice. It is it is very odd. I wonder how it kind of reminds me of like, it reminds me of like walking down Granville Street at 2 a.m. Yeah, that's a very good description. <laughs> yeah, if you had to describe Crazy P's aura, that would be it. Okay, last question I have about All Stars because I think this is kind of fun. Like looking at All Stars of the past for the yeah. Canucks. Yeah. Um, there have been seven goaltenders sent to the All Star game to represent the Canucks over the years. Can you name all seven? Richard Brodeur. Yep, that's one. Thatcher Demko. Alex? That's two. Roberto Luongo? That's three. No. Uh... Noah who? No, I was going to say somebody that didn't really make a <laughs> Noah. <laughs> it, they were representing the Canucks? Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say Holpe. Um, no. Did Corey Schneider go? No. Uh, Marcus? Kirk McLean. Fuck. Yep. Um, Guy Lafleur. He was not a Canuck. Didn't think so. <laughs> Shoot my shot. Um, Morgan? Dan Cloutier? No. Uh... Pass. Felix. Think Potvin. in the last twenty years. Think. Think in the oh, last twenty years. Last twenty years. That's my era. Yeah. Um, uh, no, Marcus, you are wrong. Okay. Last twenty years. Is it like towards the back half of the last twenty years, or the front half? It's with, oh, this it's is since the turn of the century. You're, you're gonna hate that you don't have this yet. Really? Yeah. Do I know him? Yeah, I think you're familiar yeah. with him. Yeah. What? What year? No, like you early don't get 2000s. That. You don't get that. I don't. No, you gotta think of Alex. I'm gonna leave that one with you, and I'm gonna go back to Marcus. Yeah, I'm Marcus, not. Go- you're missing two goalies. Okay. Both of them are pre 1990. 
pre nineteen ninety. Oh, you said boy. early two. Oh, oh it no, does no, one no. of their names is their first name Ernie? Ernie Johnson. No. Shut up. Ernie Johnson isn't a real person. Probably. Is. Yeah, he is. Ernie John isn't is it Ernie Johnson the guy that's on TNT on the panel with um Shaq and uh Oh, yeah, that is Ernie. Is his name Ernie? Oh. Yeah, that, that's how <laughs> that's I know. That's kind of funny. I don't think he was a goalie <laughs> no, representing no, the not in the All-Star goalie. game, though. <laughs> definitely not a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, if you if we're going pre-90s and not Richard Brodeur, I'm going to be a little bit lost. Okay. okay, here's the thing. There are three goalies left on this list. I'll give you one of them. But I refuse to give you the other two, Marcus. You have to think of the one that's pre nineteen ninety, and Alex, you have to think of the one that's within the last twenty years. That the is, one that you that's annoying is, because Alex's is so much easier, and he's gonna. I'm telling you, he will be furious that he hasn't figured it out. I don't think yet. I know who was a goalie no. before Luongo. Okay. okay, well, the one you guys don't have and you won't get is in nineteen seventy five. A guy by the name of Gary. Smith. You won't get him. He Gary was, Smith. But yeah, but nineteen eighty three, and. I re- and after 2010, Eddie Lack. No, Marcus. 1983. I don't know. Brodeur was our goalie in 82. I thought he was our goalie in 83 as well. John Garrett. Yes. Holy fuck! <laughs> we sent John Garrett to the All Star <laughs> Game for something other than commentating. <laughs> Yeah, in 1983, John Garrett went to the NHL. What did he have, a 730 (laughs) save percentage? How the fuck did we send (laughs) That's nuts. I know. I almost can't believe it, but that's what I'm reading. Alex, I'm giving you 10 seconds, and then I'm embarrassing you in front of our entire audience. No. No, you can't. You After get ten seconds. Nine. There was Lolongo. Seven. Was no, no, no. Let Alex. No, let Alex get this. Okay. All you right. Have to get this, Alex. This was a starting goalie for the Canucks. It wasn't. Uh, no, because he was a backup. It wasn't Holtby. It wasn't the Dallas Stars goalie. It must have been like the 2014-15 season. Jake, can I scream it yet? No. No. What number did he wear? Nope. You don't get oh, hints. It was Markstrom. Yes. Uh, oh my yeah. god, uh, buddy! I was like, <laughs> I totally Holy forgot about Christ. Markstrom. Totally forgot about Markstrom. <laughs> yeah, I believe you. Yeah, I was so <laughs> mad when Jake was like, "Okay, Alex, you guess the one from the last five years." Marcus, you guess nineteen eighty three. It's like, buddy, my dad was not in high school yet in nineteen eighty three. <laughs> oh man that was a good trivia yeah great trivia glad we did that <laughs> okay. um uh we got to move on from all-star talk yeah what other news do we got this week um so we have player leave an organization mm-hmm. and we had a player come back to the nhl which one would you guys like uh, to talk about first wait a player come back Ooh. or be allowed to come back be allowed to come back okay let's you know what let's let's hit that one okay. right now so Corey perry has now been allowed back to the NHL and can sign with any team. Who the hell is picking up Corey Perry? Well, here's the thing. We don't really fully know what he did. 
Like, no. we, we, it, like, first of all, if the Blackhawks told you, you screwed up so bad, we can't take you. Okay. We, we're going to assume it was pretty bad. But then Gary Bettman comes along and goes, well, I've reviewed the situation and it's fine. So now everyone's going, okay, we have, we, we don't, we don't know what we're judging him for, you know? And I'd like to know. But you're saying who who takes him on as a free agent? Well, do you think a team takes him? I think someone will. Really? Yeah. Yep. We've seen teams desperate enough to do things like this in the past. We've seen Montreal draft what's his nuts, who renounced himself from the draft because he did some stupid things, and yeah. then they drafted him anyway. And then I believe they were forced to uh, rescind their choice. We saw Boston try to take that guy that. Arizona had that screwed up. Like we've seen morally questionable pickups before from teams that are desperate enough. I think you want to be looking at teams. Here's the thing. I'm not suggesting this, but I'm saying you're yeah. looking at teams like in the similar position to the Canucks that are trying to put themselves over the edge teams that are like, we're loading up this year. We will do whatever it takes. We will take a gamble on this. Like going to fill all out. in. Going all which in. Which is what you want the Canucks to do. Right. So I think a natural fit would be the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> I mean, you got to think about it. They're probably looking at this like, man, this guy won't have any other options. He won't have a goddamn choice. We finally found a guy <laughs> that has to come to Winnipeg. <laughs> like they, they are in the unique position to say deal with it or retire. Yeah. That yeah, funny. that's why I'm thinking the Edmonton Oilers. Ooh, like they did the same before. thing last year with with um, Kane, right? Yeah, yeah, that was a reclamation project for sure. Um, Big word, reclamation. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Edmonton. Uh, yeah, they've done it before. Yeah, I I see where Jake's coming from with that. That makes a lot of sense. That's also, again, that's a team with strong enough leadership that whatever Perry does, whatever his antics are, I don't think it'll like be toxic in the dressing room. It won't catch on, right? Like he's going in to a very firm, but good cultured team. I think that's important for wherever he lands. For thinking best fits. I like Boston. Dude, he is a Boston player. Corey Perry was born to be a Boston yeah. Bruin. You are right and about that. That is a culture that he can go into, and that is a set culture that he can't that, fuck with. That is true also. that is, And you're guaranteed to go to the Stanley Cup Finals and lose. Yeah, to the Canucks. <laughs> um, but could well, you imagine going into the playoffs and lining up against a line that has Marchand and Perry on it? Who who plays on that line with them then? Pasta? No, it's the no. it's that rookie center. Uh, I don't know his name. Watchers? What'd you say? Watchers? Yeah, the one that starts with a P. One? Yeah, yeah, him. I think Watcher. he's the center. Like yeah, think, or they bring yeah, Krejci back the for another year. <laughs> yeah, they bring back Krejci. Um, yeah, I, I could see that working out. You're right. That's yeah. another team similar to Edmonton coming into a strong culture where something like that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think that that's really what you are going to be looking at is teams such as that. 
but man, like I still, I can't really get over this. I still kind of want to know what he did because we're talking about like, Oh, what, like what team is he going to play for? I wish the conversation we were having is, do we think he's worthy of coming back? But unfortunately we don't even know what he did. We can't really judge anything. Yeah. We don't have any of the information. And it's not because we don't want to judge him. It's because we genuinely don't know what happened. There's no information on it. Now, I wonder if the team that signs him will know what he did. Like, I wonder if this is no. Oh, they would have scenes. to. You'd think they'd be allowed to call Gary Bettman and say, hey, buddy, what'd you guys yeah. talk about? Yeah. I yeah. So. What, what kind of PR nightmare are we getting ourselves into yeah. here? Yeah. Is this like Kane in a taxi cab situation or, or is it worse? Like, are we north or south of that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what'd you say? That was a clever anecdote. Are we north or south of harassment or physical abuse and attacks? <laughs> Are we like driving through a Tim Hortons or driving through a Tim Hortons? You know? <laughs> yeah, are we in the drive through or are we in the lobby? <laughs> <laughs> are we in the drive through or are we in the kitchen? <laughs> uh, yeah. So cool. it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I don't think he'll get signed soon. I think it'll be kind of like a wait and see sort of deal. So it'll be interesting to see where that story goes. For sure. Uh, Another story that's going to be interesting to uh, follow for the next couple of years. Uh, Philadelphia's fifth overall pick, Cutter Gauthier, Mm -hmm. uh, before the draft, tells the Flyers that he's born to be a Flyer, that he wants to be a Flyer. A couple months later, starts to retract the statement. Mm-hmm. Goes to the World Juniors, has an amazing World Juniors, leads uh, U.S. in points, and out of nowhere tells them he doesn't want to be a flyer, completely shuts off talking to them, and demands a trade, and ends up getting traded to the Anaheim Ducks. Just a, a crazy scenario, and all of the backlash coming from it and everything coming out from behind the scenes, nuts. Yeah. This guy has to sit every time Anaheim plays Philly. He cannot travel to Philly. He cannot be seen in Philly, or Ooh, it'll be yeah. bad news. Yeah, like yeah. that. I don't think there's a lot of players that reach the point where, like, yeah, if they play, they're going to get things thrown at them, but he would be one of those scenarios. Like, I don't think Philly gets talked about a lot about their fan base, but they have some real passionate fans. And Philly that's is a, a nice way town. to say that. Well, like Philly's <laughs> that's a, a nice way town. to say awful. <laughs> well, like they're crazy. Yeah, they're that's crazy a nice way to team. say that they have a reputation of being the worst fans in the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, when their team is good and when they're selling out stadiums, they're doing it with a bunch of angry drunks. They're they're crazy fans. Yes, like to the point where it's too much. Yeah, and as some of the reactions uh, when Kevin Hayes got involved. And some reporter from Philly said that Kevin Hayes had to do with this. And the uh, the slanders and the threats that he got about him and his family, which were completely uncalled for because he came out and said that I had nothing to do with this. The reporter's full of shit. Yeah. Um, it's crazy what Philly fans were saying to him. Yeah. It's, it's a really weird scenario. Um, yeah. And also, I, I got to be honest. Philly fans, like... 
I don't know if they're that bad, you know, they're, but like they're passionate. Yeah, they, they, they are passionate. And this is a situation where it's weird because obviously some amount of information is being kept behind closed doors. So when a reporter comes out and says things like that, they want to trust it, yeah. right? They want to believe that what this reporter is saying is true. But again, you've seen, I'm sure you guys have seen now, Tortorella has responded to this and called out that reporter in a press conference. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, so today, yeah. John Tortorella had a press conference where that same reporter that said that uh-huh. asked a question. Oh, really? And Tortorella looked at that reporter and said, you are full of shit. You should not be opening your mouth wow. about things you don't know about. You mentioned in your article or whatever you wrote that you had a really good source to this. I call bullshit. You are completely out of line and you have no idea what you're talking wow. about. Good on torts. Oh, great. On honestly, torts. one of the biggest torts W's I've yeah. ever seen. And that's saying a lot because yeah. I've seen, a, I've, Canucks fans have seen a lot of highs and lows of John Tortorella. Yeah. This is a very high high. Yeah, that's really good on Jordan Totorella uh, calling out the reporter because somebody had to. Yeah, it was nice to see him do it. And not only do it, like, say, like, later, like, oh, I don't agree with what this guy said, but he said it to him yeah, in public. It to his face. That was really nice. And I bet the players on that team, we all say, like, oh, John Tortorella must be a hard guy to play under. That's something that gives you confidence and says, yeah. he, you know what? He's controversial. He's got his ways. But you cannot say he doesn't have our back. Yeah. Because, like after something like that, that was awesome. I loved Very watching true. that. Um, but yeah, I feel bad for Kevin Hayes, yeah, obviously. Just those fans, what you say to a guy like that is just, it, it's insane to say something like that. Yeah. I, I don't get it. But um, besides all that, I mean, we don't agree with it. We don't want anything like that to happen. Uh, and there's not much more we can say besides that. Yeah. Um, getting to the actual Cutter Gauthier part of it. Right. Saying that you're going to, be committed to this team and all that kind of stuff. And then it sounds like uh, John Tortorella was a big reason on why uh, he didn't want to go. I've seen some things about that. Yeah. I mean, nothing's come out. Nobody said for sure what it is, and that's probably never going to happen. Yeah. The The rumor right now is because apparently he wanted to sign his ELC, but doing that would have caused the Flyers cap problems. So they said, we're going to try to wait another year. Mm. And I guess he took that as some sort of offense or he wanted to go pro earlier. Mm-hmm. And he looked at this as them holding him back. And okay. it seems like he, the reports are anyway, that he kind of made his decision while he was at the World Juniors. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. And came back and said, you know what? I just played awesome. I want to go to a team where I can play for them right away or yeah. get my ELC right away. And so that that's what he told the Flyers is I'm, I'm not waiting. Yeah. So they, they made the the decision to trade him. Yeah. Just a, a bizarre scenario that just came out of left field. Yeah. Um, we're never going to know. I think the full details on why or what caused all of this. Yeah. Likely not. But I mean, with the circumstances that they were, they still got a very good young defenseman and a second round pick out of it. Yeah. For sure. Like, this did not work out terribly for the Flyers. No. At least not that we can see right now. Yeah. Like, Philly doesn't have... I mean, Philly doesn't really have much. Uh, but it never hurts to have a young defenseman. Oh, absolutely not. Um, So, like, out of a shitty situation, they made the most out of it. It'll be interesting to see if the Flyers or... or um. How do you pronounce his last name? Cotier? Cotier. Cotier. It'll be interesting to see if either of them regret this down the road. 
Like if yeah. say a few years from now, the flyers surprise some people and win the cup or if Anaheim ends up being crazy in the next few years, like it'll be interesting to see if one or the other regrets the, that what happened, that situation, you know, yeah. Jake, what do you think about this? Um, I think that Jamie Drysdale has had a bit of a choppy start to his career. Um, and like getting that change of scenery might be what he needs. Um, and as far as Petr Gauthier goes, like he's like he hasn't even started his NHL career. So like for the Ducks to make a move like this, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Because like Jamie Drysdale could grow into being a pretty like steady defenseman in the NHL. And as far as I know, like the Ducks kind of already have a pretty decent amount of like star forwards or potentially star forwards and Zegers and McTavish and Carlson, right? Like, why are they adding Gauthier? It doesn't really make sense to me. Like, if if Philly wanted to trade him, I'm sure that tons of organizations were looking at him. It just seems weird that, like, the Ducks were the team that went out and got him. Yeah. That's just all I really have to add to that conversation. Yeah, it, it their, their prospect pool is pretty much all centers. And they've just added yeah, another all young forward. Yeah, like they don't, from what I know, I mean, I'm not the biggest Ducks fan, but I don't think they have any other young defensemen coming up the ranks. But who knows? One of those trades that in five, seven years, Steve Dangle and make a trade tree about it and <laughs> grade the trades and everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a weird scenario. I can't wait to see how it plays out. Well, I think that covers enough, and I think we've talked definitely enough because we were going to make this a short episode, and this is turning out to be quite a long one. Oh, yeah, we are. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll have to cut out a little bit of it, but right now we are well over two hours on the on the clock. Yeah. So, so wow. uh, no thoughts this week. That's a lie. No, because. No. Thoughts. Thoughts. I want stories. 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 Jake, <laughs> you had a story that I don't know about. <laughs> no. <laughs> so oh, let's hear this God. story. Okay. Um, so I came back to the mainland for uh years. And I was there for about a week. Um, and at the very end of my trip, um, a girl that I'd been seeing in Nanaimo uh, came with me and we kind of hung out with, with some of my friends and, and Mark's got a chance to meet her and Jess and, and Alice and all that. And uh, when we were headed back to Nanaimo, um, we ended up going on a day where the last fair, they, they cut out a bunch of ferries, I guess, because they were short staffed. So we had to take the last ferry of the night, which was a 10, 10 p.m. ferry. Um, and believe me, being specific enough to mention the time to the minute of when this thing left is fundamental to the story. So Marcus was nice enough to give us a lift uh, to the, to the ferry. So Marcus, Jess, uh, this girl and I, we, we head out to the ferry and we leave ourselves plenty of time. So that there's no questions that we're going to get into the ferry, fine, whatever. So Marcus drops us off at about nine, forty nine forty five somewhere in that window. Good 20, 25 minutes before the ferry, and we get ourselves together, we get all our bags, we get into the terminal, and uh, we head to the waiting room. Anyways, we get to the waiting room, and it's probably like 
um, we realized that we put a bag in Marcus's car. And this bag happened to have her ID in it. So Ooh. I go, yeah, so I go, oh shit, like, this ferry is coming soon, and Marcus is literally on his way back to, like, the Tri-Cities. Like, we need to, <laughs> we need to get a hold of him. So I call Marcus, and I start sprinting to basically, like, the waiting room is kind of at the end of, if you imagine, like, a, like it's a dock that kind of, like, reaches out into the, into the bay, into, um, into Horseshoe Bay. Yeah. I start running back down the hallway towards, the, like, the, the gates, right? And I'm calling Marcus saying, hey, man, like, you got to get back here. Like, there's this really important bag you have that, like, we need. Anyways, I get out to the gate, and it's now 9.54. And uh, as soon as I step up outside, over the intercom comes, all right, this is it, last call for Nanaimo. If you're not in the waiting room, you're not going to Nanaimo. Oof. Okay, so, so one second, one second. So Jake has called you, Marcus. Just he, sprinting down it the wrong direction. Anyways, so Marcus, I've already hung up with, and he's on his way back to the gate. And maybe this is where we should shift perspective, and Marcus can talk about his story from this point until when he gets back to, to me. Okay. It is, just to set the scene, it is pissing rain. I'm like, it is downpouring. Yeah. And I'm taking it pretty easy on the freeway here because it's like, I don't know. I can definitely have a bit of a heavy foot when I'm driving, but especially with Jess, it's pitch black out at night. We're on the freeway. I hydroplaned a couple times on the way to the ferry, and I think I'm the only one who knew about it. So I was I was definitely trying to, you know, just keep the wheels pointed the same direction that the car's going in. Yeah. And uh, sure yeah, enough. It's pounding rain. Yeah. Pounding rain. Yeah, pounding rain, pitch black. Like, it's it's worst driving conditions you could really have other than, like, snow. And phone starts ringing, and it's Jake. And already I'm going, fuck, they forgot something. The, they, there's something in the car that they need. So I'm like, where, there's, where there's, ain't no way this guy's just calling us to say goodbye. Like, he's, <laughs> you know, like, he's just calling to say, hey, I miss you. Like, <laughs> Like, no, they, they, they forgot. So yeah, he, he gets up a pickup. I'm like, Hey man, how's it going? He's like, you gotta get back here right now. <laughs> okay. So, and you know, I look at Je Jess is not a fan of driving very fast. This is no, a well, not a, Jess. a well-known character trait of Jess <laughs> is she does not like being in quickly moving vehicles. So the next eight minutes or so for her, were not very enjoyable. Okay, so where was the bag? I don't know if it was the back seat or the trunk. I never even looked. Jake, where was the bag? It was in the back seat. So that's where you guys were sitting. Yeah. How yeah. did you how do you forget a bag that you are it was holding? A, it was a very small black bag and it was pitch black. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Okay, continue. So I'm I'm like, you know, over in one of the left lanes on the freeway. Instantly slice across four lanes of traffic to get onto an off ramp, get onto a bridge, or no, on, onto a bridge. Oh, onto it sounds a, like a Fast and Furious movie. Onto an overpass. Well, the Fast and Furious part is about. Oh well, yeah, start. I'm just waiting for Vin Diesel to come out of nowhere and be like, "Family." Well, I was I was driving a Charger, so Whoa, that, that is so what you're Vin, Vin Diesel. Diesel. Oh, okay. buddy, you don't know how Vin Diesel I am. 
So I, <laughs> what the fuck does that I mean? go like this off ramp. I used it like a launch pad. Oh, wow. I hit the freeway at 145. I am flying. I'm like full on going like heel toe breaking around corners and stuff like yeah. alter. Like Jesus. I had at one point one foot on the gas and one foot hovering on the brake just so I could make like micro adjustments going around corner. I was doing everything in my power to go as fast as possible without hitting the divider in the middle of the road. Jesus. We get to the Horseshoe Bay Terminal. And for those of you who know the Horseshoe Bay Terminal, once you get to like the entrance of the terminal, it takes a bit before your car is like at the building. Like there's a fair yeah. bit of fuckery that you have to do first. And we're also in the passenger only lane, which a lot of people might not be familiar with. Um, there's like four lanes where you can go to drive your car on. And then right at the beginning, there's one divided lane for like passenger drop off. Yeah. But it's one lane that has the like concrete barrier divider yeah. in the middle. And then that like a little row of concrete along the line to keep you in that lane. And then like delineators. Yeah. I've got roughly a foot on either side of the car. It is windy. It is blackout and it is raining. And I am going 125 through this thing. <laughs> Jess, at one point, she, I said, you need to just close your eyes and <laughs> honest and pray. I'm, I'm going, we go through this. There's a little traffic light where you have to cross over something. I did not wait for it to turn. I looked, saw no one coming, slid through that intersection, <laughs> came over, pulled up. And I wanted so badly to e-brake turn and flip the car around at the curb so that Jess could hop out with the bag. So, okay. So, because I know we're getting to the words the end. Yeah. So, Jake, you see this maniac driving up to you. Oh, no, he doesn't. That's not yeah. how this terminal so, is built. So, Je no, so no. Uh, anyway, my story ends with I get there as, like, I, as fast as humanly possible. Uh, Jess yeah. grabs the bag and just books it for the door. And then I lose sight of her. And that's where my part of the story ends. Oh, okay. Okay, so I, I'll pick back up where I left off, but I think it's important to note that when I called Marcus to tell him he needed to come back, Jess plugged into the GPS um, how long it would take him to get back to the terminal, and the time it said was 10, 10 p.m., like what time he, he was going to get back to the terminal. Yeah. So so let's, let's rewind. So it's 9.54, and I've just gotten, outside the terminal and the PA comes on. Hey, it's last call. If you're not in the waiting room, you're not going to Nanaimo. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, all hope is lost. He's not going to be here for another five minutes and I've got to get in this waiting room or I'm going to be stuck here. So I go inside and I say to the, the there's a security guard and there's a BC ferries employee. Yeah. The BC ferries employee was talking with some other couple that was trying to like make an argument about why they still get on the boat or whatever. And I go, so I go to the security guard and I say, Hey, look, man, like how long can I be here until I'm screwed? Like how long can I stay in this spot until I need to go back? He spends two minutes explaining to me that he doesn't know. So now it's like, it, anyway, he actually spends closer to five minutes because now it's nine fifty nine, and I go up to the BC ferries guy who's now unoccupied. And I say to him, I go, Hey, how long can I wait here until I'm screwed and can't get on the boat? He looks at me and he basically says, you're screwed. You're not getting on the boat. <laughs> so I go, okay, great. Turn around and absolutely 
sprint my ass as fast as I can back to the waiting room, ticket in hand, phone in hand, like just bolting. And as I'm running, um, I call the, the girl that I was with and I say, Hey, you're not getting that bag. Like we got to start thinking of other it's options here. Hallmark You're- Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, just wait. Cause it, it'll get even more Hallmark in a second here. Okay. So I'm absolutely hauling ass down this, like this, um, hallway back to the waiting room. And I get back to the waiting room and she's standing there with like all of our bags. I've, this is like all my Christmas presents, all my bags that I was there for like basically two weeks worth of stuff. Right. And her stuff. Yeah. And, so we gather all of our stuff. We go up to like basically get on the boat and I start saying to the guy, I'm like, Hey, is there any way that like we can just wait a few more minutes for this bag? As I'm negotiating with this guy, I turn around and there's Jess just like in a, the deepest pant you can imagine <laughs> wearing flip flops and just walks up and says, have a safe trip home and then hands us the bag. That sounds very just. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So, so we are just stunned. We turn around and I have to like basically tell the guy who I was arguing with, like, Hey, don't worry about it. We got it. Like, don't like, they were basically, but he was, he's getting on the radio to basically say, Hey, we got to wait. So I got him to stop. We get on the boat. The second we walk past the gate, the guy's like, all right, no more. No one else is getting on this boat. They close the gates right behind us and we get on the boat. Damn. It was the absolute craziest five minute stretch ever. We were both super stressed out, but like, obviously it all worked out in the end. And, uh, the, the whole hallmark moment I was referring to is the funniest part is as I'm running to get to the waiting room, Jess is in stride behind me, but just far enough behind me that I can't hear her as she's screaming my name down the terminal. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Also, Jake did uh, leave one thing out. That 14-minute uh, drive it said it was going to take me to get back there? Yeah. Five minutes. Jesus. Yeah. Ka-chow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great yeah, way I don't to wrap this one up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Pretty for, good for any serious inquiries, always feel free to reach out to us via email at vancouverboyspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, alternatively, you can find us across all social media platforms such as Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube at Vancouver Boys Podcast. On uh, Twitter, I talked to Tyler at our last beer league game go boozers. And he said he is in fact still running the Twitter account and he will try to be more active in the future. So if you miss him and you want to keep up with his crazy shenanigans, uh, go follow him on Twitter at Vancouver boys underscore that about wraps it up boys. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's bedtime. That was a great episode. That was a good episode. episode. That was a fun one. Good way to start the new year. Great way to start the new year. Canucks are rolling. We're rolling. It's all coming together. Not much more you can ask for. Nope. (laughs) All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you on the next one. Peace out. Trivia. Trivia. He played... From 1989 to 1992. 89 to 92. And he was an all-star. What position?
uh, forward? I'm trying to think. I know there was one. He won two Stanley Cups back to back in 1997 and 1998. He's a Red Wing. What the fuck? How do you have that off the top of your head? Yeah, that was pretty good, Jake. Wow. Um, what what years did he win the cups? 97, 97 98. Oh, not it was the right. Yes, sorry that. Okay, I don't know why I actually somehow heard something different, but yes, that makes sense. And two thousand two. Yeah. Okay, he was there for all three of those. Is he Russian? He may be Russian. No, no, I said, is he Russian? He may be. You don't know, do you? I do. He is. Okay. Sergey Fedorov. Nope. Sergey Fedorov did not play for the Canucks. Um, yeah, I didn't know. He's Russian. It also, also, you said he retired in like 05, right? 04, he retired. So it would have been, he would have started his career in Vancouver, or at least he would have been there. Yeah, he would have started his career in Vancouver and then ended it in Detroit. Yep, he or started, least, his first NHL team was the Vancouver Canucks. Hmm. Was he drafted by us? Uh, if I had to guess, it probably was a sign. Igor Larionov. Igor Larionov. There it is. Wow. Yep. That was yeah. a I real, never... like, ah, uh, that was yeah. a guess, man. Wait, was he the third player on the Russian line? I believe he was. Wait, no, I think. McGillney, yeah, Beret, and Larianov. Yeah, no, I think that's right, which is really funny because we were alluding to that earlier, weren't we? Son of a bitch. Yeah, we <laughs> literally brought that up. I was like, oh, I don't know who the other guy is, though. <laughs> yeah, there's. A, oh, I can't wait for people to try to like rewind and timestamp that and be like, yeah, they did talk about that earlier. Yeah. That's oh, that's gonna be so much more painful to listen to when I'm editing now. Like, oh, McGillney. Bure, who who is that other guy? I'm gonna be like looking at my computer screen at two in the morning, just screaming, "It's Larry Adov! It's Igor Larry Adov! <laughs> you moron!" <laughs> All right, good episode, guys. Uh, peace. Yeah, take it easy. Yeah.